And we're back on another episode of Think On That. This is the Everything and Anything podcast. I'm Matt Goody. You got Alex here. And uh, we got a special guest, Mr. Uh, Phil, Big P, Phil Ciencio. What's happening, boys? Thank you for having me on the show. Appreciate it. It's been, a, it's been a minute. Yeah, I know. It's been, been a try- long time trying to get your ass <laughs> been on trying here. to get on here for a long time, so I appreciate the time. Thank you. Very right. Right on. Uh, we're jumping right into things. We got a few things uh, we wanted to talk about. Phil is uh, an expert on a number of topics, so uh, we'll dive right in, sir. But the, the first thing we're going to get into is uh, the business realm. Because you are a business exec and you are not yet 30 years old. It's a pretty impressive feat. No matter who you're talking to, no matter what business it is, why don't, we, uh, why don't you tell us, take us on the journey to get to being a young business exec. All right. So I'll take you guys on, the, on my story. Uh, how it started was I was, uh, I was actually a young boy. And I always had a fascination with construction, trades, and and building, and bulldozers, and all this kind of cool stuff that always uh, intrigued me. And I always told my dad and my mom that when I'm young, and I want to be a home builder. Mm. And for the longest time, that's what I was set on doing. I never really kind of veered and changed the way... Uh, I like to, to do things or, or thought of a different career path. I kind of always was dead set on that. And then as I got older and went to uh, high school, then after high school, I went to college. I did my first level of carpentry. And that was uh, the first level to building homes. Right. And there was two sectors. There was the finished carpentry and there was the rough carpentry. I chose the rough carpentry. And the reason why I chose the rough carpentry was because... The rough carpentry was for building. And that's, you know, primarily what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. at the time. And when I graduated, I worked at a company and I found that during I, you know, I think I was there for about a a month or a month month or month or two months. um, I found that heights at the time. (laughs) I know it's kind of funny, but I couldn't do heights. I mean, you know what's funny? You would think. You guys would think that I would thought of that before I invested my time in school, but it was the best thing that happened to me because <laughs> it's kind of funny how things lead you into a different path without you even knowing it's going to do that. Yeah. So at the time I was like, you know, I, I got all my tools on and the whole nine yards and I got up on the, uh, on the ladder and I remember I was framing a second floor of a house in Alliston yeah. and my boss at the time goes, okay, we need to go on the third floor. And from the third floor, you have to get on the ladder and go up on the attic. So I was like, okay, you know, I have my, I'm a, you know, I have my first uh, level in carpentry and I'm learning from these guys. How hard obviously can this be? Well, now I'm getting on the third floor and I get my heart, you know, he throws me the harness. He goes, okay, put it on. You know, and he, he didn't really show me how to put it on. So I go, okay, I'll just put it on the way I, th- I think I got to put this thing on. So, and I did, I mean, I did fall in a rest, so I pretty had a good idea of how it was supposed to go on. Yeah. So I put it on anyways, and I'm, and I'm like, okay, this is all tight, you know, it's all fitted. And I'm, like, I'm like, okay, I'm good. So I'm walking up the ladder, and I'm about to put my right foot on the joist. So we had, the, after the third floor, there was the roof, but the roof was open. Right now, guys, remember, rough carpentry, there's nothing above you. After the joists, there's no there's no plywood yet. There's no shingles. There's none of that. Right. So as I'm looking down, as I'm about to get onto the joists, there was a piece of the floor um, from the top all the way to the basement. 
Okay. So I saw three floors down and I'm looking down and I'm like, I can't do this. I'm, what if I get hurt? Like, this is it. Right. And a part of me was like, oh, come on, just do it. Like, you can do it. What's the big deal? But I had this feeling in my stomach that said, don't get on the joys. And I had to listen to that. Mm. Whether it was God or some someone trying to save me from something, mm. I just got back down off the ladder and I said, listen, I can't do it. And obviously my boss is being old school Italian through a little bit of a fit and didn't understand where I was going with it. And I just said, listen, with all due respect, brother, I can't do this. Like, you know, I'm going to have to resign. I mean, if I can't go on a roof, what good am I on the, on the job, right? Right. So that kind of beat me up a little bit. And I was like, you know... What am I going to do? I went to school for this. This is what I wanted for my whole life since I was a little boy. There's nothing really that's going to intrigue me in depth the way this intrigues me. Mm. So I kind of felt very discouraged, confused, didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, then you start thinking of like, oh, you know, you want to start buying stuff and buying a car and kind of enjoying your life a little bit. But then you're like, hold on, I can't do any of that if I don't have a career or, or a good paying job. Right. So I remember going to my dad and saying, telling him the story. My dad goes, okay, no problem. Like, at least you tried, you did it. And he was really good about it. And he goes, well, like, what else interests you? And I was like, well, you know, if I like machines and stuff like that, maybe interlocking. Mm. And that's like a lot of outdoor, like fences, interlock driveways, patios, and whatnot. Right. So I joined, uh, I had a friend at the time, and I joined his family's business. Great, great company, wonderful people, the great work community at the time. It was, you know, all the guys worked together, um, and I did it for a summer. But the the problem with that was when I was doing it, it was a lot of fun, six days a week, long hours. But at the time, remember, you're getting paid weekly. Mm. Now, that's awesome at being 20 years old, getting paid weekly. I mean, yeah. that's just like you're living large, right? You're going to the keg, you're enjoying life, you got a car, you know? Yeah. But you're working like a dog because you're working the six days a week, 12-hour days. <clears throat> and then what was really hard about that was I joined in about June, July, about July. And when I did the season with them, because it was seasonal work, I they had to put me on a, on a, on a layoff for the winter. Yeah. It was either that... Or I'm going to go snow plowing. So I was like, you know, I don't really want to do snow plowing. I'm young. I kind of want something more stable. I don't really want to be like laid off at this age. Like I think I need to find something that's more, you know, can provide me the 12 months of work versus, you know, a good five to six. Right. So I, um, I went with another guy after that for a little bit. Um, and it was kind of like the same thing. And, you know, because they laid me off a little bit earlier because they want to get their seasonal ready for the winter. Mm -hmm. So I went with another guy that uh, another friend of a friend knew. And he wasn't as good at the time as as uh, the first place I went to. So I wasn't really vibing with the way he did his, his work. So I was like, you know, I think that I'm just better off maybe, you know, not doing this considering it is seasonal. And if I mean, there's no way around it, right? So I remember having a conversation with my dad at the time and saying, listen, dad, like, I don't know what to do. I got to figure this out. Yeah. You know, I'm 20 years old. Eventually, I want kids and a family, you know, and I'm old school and I'm especially old school Italian. You know what I mean? Like, I want to, you know, I want to make sure my kids and my wife and everybody is set up. You know what I mean? 
and I wasn't I wasn't going to settle for just something that was going to be, you know, kind of like what if or what not. I wanted something that was going to be very stable. Yeah. So I looked at my dad and I said, Dad, why don't I join the family business? And my dad said, well, if that's what you want, I'm all for it. And he was great about it. And I said, okay, can I do a six-month trial and see how I like it? Because I never did it. I mean, I've worked with my dad in the summers since I was 12 years old. And being old school, kind of always being a little bit old-fashioned in one shape or way, I did a lot of the factory kind of work in the back, like between shipping and receiving and, you know, just helping some odds and ends and stuff like that in the summer. As a kid, you know, you're making pocket money, right? So I did, I did, I was familiar with the staff and kind of what we did, but I wasn't for very familiar with the business aspect of like the machines and the products and the different type of system we have and the, and the stuff that we do in depth. So I joined him for six months and I liked it. And I was like, you know what? After the six months, I said, dad, I, I like it. I, I think this is something I could see myself doing and growing into doing this. So I said, um, let's, you know, talk to everybody in the company and tell them that I am staying so they know. And he held the meeting with everyone in the, in the company. And we told them that I was staying and that I was going to work my way up to the top. Right. And I started as a machine operator and that's, uh, someone in our field that runs plastic machines. So what we do, just to give you kind of a background of, of, of what our profession is, is we do the window profile frames. So the frames for uh, windows. Now, we don't put the glass or anything like that. And that's kind of a common question people always ask me is, oh, can you give me a window? Well, I'll give you a frame, but I can't give you the actual window, right? There's actually <laughs> window companies yeah. that do that. Right. So that's one of the many, many, many products we can do out of plastic. I mean, we could pretty much do anything out of PVC yeah. plastic. Yeah. Um, so I worked the lines for about four and a half years. And then I became assistant plant manager um, to the plant manager at the time that ran the, fa- the factory and the plant. And, you know, under him was like all the guys on the machine. You have your, you know, he was in charge of the shipping and the maintenance, the tool shop and all that. Then... He resigned. We had to we had to let him let him go because at the time we were kind of reshuffling around uh, management and just you know trying to clean up some some loose ends we had. And I took over his position as a plan manager. At the time, we also brought in a VP of operations. So the VP of operations at the time was a very very big aspect. Uh, to me at least, and he definitely was a big part of my growth and development into being upper management. So going from middle management to upper management, Mm. right? Because there's always three tiers of management. There's the lower end management, the middle management, the upper management. So I learned a lot from him in the year he was there. And, you know, he was a mentor and he he gave great guidance and a lot of support taught me a lot of different ways of doing things and how to conduct meetings and bring people together and kind of build a team. And I remember he was an older gentleman and what and what really sucked is when he decided that, you know, the commute from where, where he lived was getting a little bit hard and the wife wanted him to stay home. Mm. And, you know, he put in his time, right? And, you know, he worked very hard for, for, for what he did. And 
you know, he worked for many, many years. And I think, you know, he came in to, to what I do and to our, into our family business to really help motivate and help groom me and to teach me and mentor me. And that was a huge aspect for me because he was such a great figure to have. And I wouldn't change that year for anything mm-hmm. because that was a very crucial year for me. And I remember when he pulled me aside and said, listen, you know, I want to, I want to talk to you. Do you think we can grab a coffee? And I was like, of course we can get a coffee. Like, you know, we're very close. Like we're, you know, we're tight. I don't see why not. Maybe I want, I thought he want, I thought maybe he wanted to tell me some like good news or something he had on the go. But what happened was, is he told me that he was going to resign. And I said to him, I said, why? Like, what happened? Are you not happy? Like, is there something I can do to help you stay? Like, you know, I would hate to see you leave. And he goes, no, no, no. He just, there's nothing you can do. It's that the commute is getting a little bit hard for me. And, you know, I want to be with my grandchildren and this and that. And like I said, he was an older gentleman, right? So at that age, you probably want to, you know, more take, kick it back, enjoy your family a little bit, vacation with the wife and whatnot. And, he, and I said, but I don't know if I'm ready to jump into your shoes he goes i know you're ready to jump in my shoes you i've I've watched you for the past year so i was like really and he goes yeah you're good like i have all the faith and confidence in you that you're going to be just fine Mm, right so in that moment i was like oh my god like this is this is wild right so like how do i go from being a plant manager and reporting to him to now being the top tier and everybody all the middle management and lower management, like I said before, all reports to me. So I jumped into that role as uh, the operations guy, and I loved it. And you know, I—it's like anything, right? You're, you're you're learning as you go. You know what I'm saying? There's you're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna learn from the mistakes. But right. mistakes are amazing in a career because. That's where the growth happens. If you don't make a mistake, you're never going to grow. You're never going to get to another level. Mm-hmm. So from from that, I went to the VP of operations, and that's what I am now. Yeah. How old were you at that point? So I was I was about twenty. At the time, at the time he left, I was twenty four, and I had another plan manager uh, from another business we had at the time when we when we put them together. He joined our team. He went into the, I put him as the, he was a plant manager and I was the operations. So we would work together on how to conduct the way the company operated and the way the factory ran and this and that. And then I was about 24 when um, he left. So say I was about 26 when I became the VP of operations. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, and everyone says, oh, you know, big titles, you know, big responsibilities. And it's true. I mean, if the guys call me and it's one o'clock in the morning and I'm with the fiance and we're watching a movie, I'm getting the my you know, I'm getting my clothes on and I'm running out the door, I gotta get to work. Right. And that's just what it is, right? It's the it's mm. the it's the game. Yeah. Right? It's what you have to do. And the, and any industry is gonna have its pros and cons, but it's the pros and cons that people have to want and to accept because that's what comes with the the, the, the responsibility of being right upper management and yeah. running a business, right. right? It's not all fun and games, even though on the outside it could look like that, right? So yeah. my big question with you, because you and me, we go way back. Oh, we, man, got we, our, we go back way for, too long. For those who are listening that <laughs> might not know, Phil, Phil is, is like my best bud. Like he is, him and I are like, we were stuck at the hip from like first day, grade nine. And so 
our relationship over these years and like your your corporate journey, when you had bad days, you called me. So I remember we'd go have a coffee, have a smoke, and we'd talk for hours and we'd kind of just talk through problems. But I want to know from you on the show, you have to make a very big sacrifice if you go to be a young exec before 30. And that is, we talk about all the time, sacrificing your 20s in terms of doing the things that everybody else was doing that you often gripe to me about, you know, sometimes I feel like I missed out. Do you still feel like that now? Or rather, is it worth it to you to have sacrificed the fun and games of youth for, you know, buckling your belt and getting the work done? You know, it was funny because at that time, I remember I was about 22, 23, uh, I just turned 23 and that was, it, it was, it was wild because at that time I was thinking, you know, I'm watching a lot of my friends going out and they're partying all the time and they're just, they're, you know, they're just having all this kind of type of fun. Mm. But I was so career driven that I didn't, I, I wasn't, I mentally wasn't able to just go and, you know, not think about work or not think about my next step or not think about what I want to do to get, to get a step ahead or a level above up. Like, I always thought of the next thing. And that comes with a lot of perks, but that comes with a lot of cons. And yeah, for sure, goody. I mean, at the time, I definitely felt like I could have definitely enjoyed, let's say, my, my early, early 20s a lot yeah. more than I did. But if I could go back now, knowing what I know now, I wouldn't change a thing yeah. because everything happens for a reason and everything shapes you to get to where you are in life. I mean... You know, if, if if I knew that putting in all that work would have drove me here to who I am today, mm -hmm. I would never I would never change a thing. Right. Because it, it definitely, you know, it definitely pays off. Right. When you work hard, you play hard. You know, that's a very bold saying that a lot of people know and a lot of people live by. But it all comes down to the individual. Like everything comes with sacrifice. Yeah. It's what you want to sacrifice to get ahead to get to the next level, to get to the next thing. Now, we're not talking about, you know, let's get a new car every year or a bigger house every quarter. We're talking about stability. We're talking about yeah. financial freedom. We're talking about not checking our bank accounts all the time. That's the levels that we're all trying to strive for, including myself, mm -hmm. you know. And I'm in a position where, you know, I, I consistently push myself to the limit and I don't I don't ever you know want to not be busy or not be working I'm, I'm very work driven I'm always hungry I'm never satisfied I'm I'm never full you know and I had this talk uh, to myself because sometimes you know you have conversations with yourself and I was like you know I'm satisfied in a lot of areas in my life but I would always say when it comes to your career or your success you can never be too too full mm. because if you're too full then you're never going to get too hungry. And if you don't get too hungry, well, you're going to stop searching. Because when you're, too hung when you're hungry, you're out there, you're hunting. And hunting is a career. Mm. Hunting is an opportunity. Hunting is to get to another level. But if you're full, well, then you're satisfied and you're not going to eat more. And the concept of that is you're not going to go out there and strive to do more. Because, oh, I'm good. I have a car. I have a house. I'm good. I meet the status quo. Yeah. But, and that's fine. 
with, with anybody that wants to be on the status quo, that's beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But then you got the individuals like myself who want to live the life you see on Instagram in a way where you want to be free. You want to travel. You want to you know, go away with your family and your wife and whatnot and not worry about where where my next meal's coming from? Yeah. Where my where can I you know my kids need something? Let's say, well, how am I going to provide and take care of them? I mean, we live in such a crazy world where money is 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 so so bold where it's really starting to drive everybody a little bit crazy now because we're all just trying to keep up. Yeah, and it gets difficult because if we start getting full now, well, that's a problem. Because we got another 40, 50 years ahead of us, you know, in our careers, let's say, we always got to stay a little, little, little hungry. So my question then goes from regrets or more to finding balance. We talk about balance a lot, too. Balance. Because where, yes. where is the line for you between checking boxes, staying busy, hustling, you know, hunting, and then burning yourself out? Because... You're really at risk of burning out if you don't fucking stop. <laughs> well, you know what? You're, you, well, you're burning out in a way because you just, I would say you like burn out mentally and, you know, and you just get tired. And I definitely do try to take one trip a year. Uh, go, if I'm able to go somewhere, I go or not. I, I uh, or I'll take a couple, you know, days off here and there. Yeah. But I always try to, you know, I'm learning now in, in my career and, you know, I definitely manage the stresses a lot better after uh the pandemic well yeah you because <laughs> well you know the, the the pandemic was was wild because it definitely opened up at least you know my eyes and, and the you know and a lot of other people i know it definitely opened up a lot of doors and opportunities to see that life is very precious mm-hmm. and that balance and time away from always thinking about work. And even if you're not at work, but you're thinking about work, you're mentally somewhat always at work. Yeah. And, you know, the pandemic showed me that it's not always an all about work. Mm-hmm. You have to find that inner balance where you can kind of say, hey, you can turn it off tonight. Yeah. It's going to be okay. You know, and I struggled with that. I always was hungry and hungry and hungry to the point where I would never shut it off. Yep. And not saying I'm not as hungry now. I'm more hungry now, but I can control it a lot you better. Have balance in your life. And yeah. I found yeah. that if you don't have any balance, because I at one point didn't have any balance, yeah. it gets tricky. It's a very tricky situation because you're constantly just juggling, <clears throat> you know, mm. your 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 brain can only handle so much, right? right. So you're if you're all it's all you're thinking about, then it gets hard, right? I, I remember too. We've had like lots of conversations. Some of the more serious conversations were you and then me too. We've, t- we've taken turns on like the precipice of like, of like breaking down, just like overworked. You can see the exhaustion in your eyes. You can hear the, uh, your, your irate, your bug, like you, there was no breaks for you. We've had a number of times in your journey, throughout, <clears throat> even the twenties, forget about our teen years, even in our twenties where you were like either burnt out or on the verge of it. And we, we had to have these tough conversations. Where it, 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 sometimes it was me quite literally like screaming at you, being like, stop. You need to fucking chill. Take a time off. You remember that conversation we had about me telling you, like, you keep going this way, you're going to end up in a hospital room or in a doctor's office looking at a doctor in the eye when they give you some bad news. 
Like you gotta, you know, going crazy. And it's honestly, it's I'm. You found balance. You really have. Like I think you took a lot of those conversations to heart. I definitely know it wasn't just me you've talked to about that kind of stuff. You have a really great partner at home. I do. You have a supportive family. I do. So you've you you got like a good support system. You know, and I and I did. I I I learned even like you know talking <laughs> to my dad and watching how he did it, how he developed balance with work and personal. And I love the fact of like. You know, it's it's good to be so career orientated, but it's also good to like when you go home, live in the moment. Yeah. And that's right. that's like right now where I found a lot of like my inner my inner peace because I'm I really focus on and I'm still focusing on living in the moment. Right. That's probably my biggest lesson in life. And right. I and being very self aware, I know that. Because I, sometimes I used to not live in the moment. I live for tomorrow, the next day, or the, or the year. Yeah. But and that was where I started to burn out because I would never live for today. I'd always live for tomorrow, and that kind of mindset messed me up a little bit because it was like, hold on, you're not enjoying today. If you're thinking about tomorrow, you're not enjoying today, and that did something to me. And then I got older, and then when I saw that my career took off, and hey, all the hard work I did paid off. I kind of was like, okay, like I feel good. Mm. I feel. Like I can find, you know, the balance again. I can find like the inner peace, do things that I want to do, focus on me, things that interest me and right. hobbies, whatever. I can gain that back now. Do you think that your relationship now kind of gave you that, you know, that fulfillment and that balance and, you know, th- now yeah. that it's more serious? Like you my, know, not, my... Now that you're engaged. My relationship with uh, my partner, I have to say was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Right. My I have and I'm not and I know she's going to laugh when she hears this, but she was one of the biggest biggest motivators and motivations I had in my career. Mm. I mean, having a a strong independent uh woman behind you. Right. You can conquer the world, gentlemen. <laughs> I'm telling you. I am a spitting image of that. Mm. Okay, you know, you can come from from struggling in certain ways to having somebody that just pushes you to your limits, says, No, you can be you can do better. Go, achieve it, achieve it. And she always you know, stuck by my side. She would motivate me, keep me going. Even when she saw that I was getting tired, you know, she would do little things to keep me going and to take care of me. And you know, like like I said, having a woman that supports you is the best is the best because you can't do it alone. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and that, that's kind of, that's kind of the truth. Like, yeah. you know, there's people that are going to think they can, but if you're fortunate enough to have a woman that can have your back and support you in anything you want to do in life, not even if it's a career, right. It, it makes it all so much better to have somebody behind you that supports you all the way through. And also too, as I was building my career, uh, I met her as I was still, you know, in the in the factory in the, yeah. as an operator, that's when I met her. Right. Yeah. So early she, on, she yeah. exactly, and remember, she saw the the climb. Right. She saw the come up. Yeah. So she was with me at the bottom, and now she's with me at the top. Yeah. And she enjoyed at the bottom, and yeah. now she's enjoying it at the top. Well, she's probably a major because factor. Right. She got to be with oh, yeah. me during my hardest times, and right. now she's with me in my best times. Right. And that's a woman that you know, that, that you don't, you can't find anymore. I mean, if you think of that, yeah. having that kind of motivation from anybody, even a good friend, it's difficult. Yeah. Right. 
you you mentioned you go uh, strong independent woman, and then now you're talking about real real life partnership, like mutual support. Well, yeah. you, you look at the dating world nowadays, and you kind of see this ultra selfishness in not just women, men as well. It's pretty right down. Everybody is me, 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 me. Right, and then everybody's. It feels like everybody's having a very hard time, and nobody knows why. Would you say that there's any method to the madness here? Like, you can't do it alone. And sometimes partnership means making sacrifices for other people. You know, you yeah, goody. I mean, you, you're, you're right. You, you can't do it alone. And that's, that's the part that, you know, that really mind blows me is that, you know, you have to support one another. And a relationship is not always about the fun and the games. Yeah, right. It's about when the times get tough. You got to pull your socks up and you got to get to work. Mm-hmm. And I remember having a conversation with my, with my fiance and at the time she was my girlfriend and I said, listen, you know, I'm, I'm going to put a number in my head. I'm going to put goals in my head and I have, I have 10 year plans and I shared her my 10 year plan. I've, I've, I've accomplished my 10 year plan. I'd say two years before. So I'm two years ahead of schedule. Right. That's good. But I say that because when you can consult with your loved one or your partner about something, they can always be honest with you and say, okay, I'm going to support you as long as it's obviously in your good interest. Yeah. Right. And that's important too. Right. I don't want to leave out the fact that your partner should always support you if it's in good health and good interest. Right. Right. Because right? that's important in a relationship. But I would definitely say that you know, people have to, to be more understanding that it's a lot of give and it's take right. and it's give and it's take. Yeah. But it comes down to how much can you give and how much can you take? I yeah. mean, I'm sure there was a lot of nights where, you know, we'd be watching a, a show or a movie or, and my phone's going off and the guy's at, at, at the office or, you know, this problem and that problem. And she's sitting there and, you know, obviously got to pause the movie because, you know, I'm talking and, you know, she doesn't want to go ahead of me in the movie. But that kind of that kind of made me feel like I feel really bad because it's supposed to be our date night and here yeah. I am working. Right. But not once did she ever give me a hard time. Yeah. And and gentlemen, there was been times that I've had to leave dinners. There's been times that I've had to, you know, stop uh stop, you know, or make a pit stop to go to the office or she'd come with me like she never gave me a hard time and still doesn't give me a hard time when it comes to my career. Right. And that is a huge aspect of why I became successful and why I became able to follow my dreams and passions that make me happy. Yeah. Because right. I have somebody at home that keeps me going and keeps me motivated. Right. Right. So the best advice I could give to anybody that's in the dating pool or in the or has a loved one or a girlfriend or fiance, you have to work together. Yeah. It is not a one man or one woman show or it is a team effort. Right. And if both people are team players, you're destined to be okay. Yeah. If one likes to give a little bit and one likes to take a little bit, that's perfect. But you can't just give all the time and you can't just take all the time. Exactly. Right. And I mean, a lot of people say it too, like sometimes the way that giving and taking can look in a relationship in, in one stage, it might be 80-20. Mm. You know, other times it'll maybe be 50-50. And sometimes it'll be maybe even like 95 to 5, right? And it's just 
some it, it changes it rolls with the seasons and you have to be willing to do that if you're the person who's giving right now and you're giving 90 percent, that's just your role right now and if you're not interested in doing that sometimes then you're not you're not really ready to be in a partnership which is different i think than the way we frame relationships right but, but like he said i mean it's about at the end of the day it's about sacrifice yeah you know yeah. what i mean like they both had to sacrifice some things to get to where they are they're at right now which yeah. and also hearing you know that that dynamic of your relationship it sounds like she also you know brings out the best in you yeah. or has brought out the best of you the be, like, create you know made you the best version of yourself right and 100%. even in each other 100 percent. and uh, you know i wouldn't change anything for the i wouldn't change anything i right. mean she was fantastic and still is fantastic and so i mean Obviously, in your earlier 20s, it was her kind of holding you up. And then now she's opened up her own business. <laughs> and the she roles has. have turned a little bit. She has. So how does it feel to be the one doing the holding up now? Well, you know what? You know what's funny? I, I always knew she was special. I always knew that she would be something great. And she would be such an amazing... Um, she would be so amazing at anything she did in life. I mean, she's very driven, very motivated. Mm. She's very mindful of what she wants and how she gets there. She's very driven. And what we both have is we're very ambitious. I mean, I, I like I said be in, before in, in the show, I'm very hungry. I'm very ambitious. You know, I'm a lion. I never stop. Mm. You know what I mean? And she's the same. She's the exact same as me. And that's why it works. I mean... You know, watching her go down the journey she's going down now, she's opened up this beautiful, beautiful place that's in the heart of King City. Uh, the company's called Clubwell, and it's only women. And it's, it's wonderful, and I'm going to touch on this subject because I want you guys to hear this. When we first started dating, uh, I'd say our first year, year and a half, she would talk to me about this idea of of uh, Club Well. And at the time, it was, it was so cool because she had it all planned out on how she would want it and how she dreamt of it and, you know, how she would do it. That looking back, she kept the, the, her dreams in check and never let this dream go. Yeah. And now she's fully operating and it is open you know, right now as we speak, in the heart of King City. And they're opening, they're operating, they're functioning. And it's wild to see that, especially her, that she had a dream, she had a goal, she had a vision, and she brought it together. Mm -hmm. And to me, I have the utmost right respect for that. Yeah, And I look up to her because she's taking risks that... Not a lot of people in our generation will. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She's sacrificing a lot right now for, for the future, right? To, to, to get to this level, you have to be able to, to really be able to say, listen, it's, it's all about the business. I'm giving, yep. I'm giving time up with, let's say, family and friends and whatnot. It's all about your career. And she's very driven. And, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing watching her in this career and following her dreams and desires and to your question of holding her up and you know making sure she's okay i'll do it forever yeah you know because she did it for me absolutely she right. helped me yeah, she right. held me up 
it's my turn to return the favor. Yeah. But that's what give and take is. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not as, as old school as I am. And, and she'll laugh. She knows that. I'm very old school. You know what I'm saying? I like things done a certain way. Yeah. I'm old fashioned. But in this aspect, I love that she's she's in this. I love that she's so driven and she's so happy and, and she loves what she does. It makes it all worth it. Yeah. The sacrifices of us spending time together. It's... It's amazing because it's all worth it when I see it, the look in her eyes and how happy she is. It makes it worth it, you know? What more can you ask for, Yeah, right? exactly. For real. That's, no, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And not everybody can do that. Um, I mean, I certainly hope some, someone can take something away from your story because it's a good story. And like, it's, a very, it's, a, it's a really good example, working example of what it means to make a real relationship work, like a real partnership in this day and age. You're both very driven. You're both very goal-oriented. But moreover, I think you both have good values in terms of just being people, how you treat each other and other people. And I mean, I'm one of your friends. I can attest to your willingness and ability to be there for people in dark days and good days, you know, right. laughing when the sun is up and being there sometimes to, you know, just be like, shit, you know, this is just a shitty day when the days are bad. So... You know, I mean, like you said, Alex, it takes sacrifice. You have to work at doing that and mm-hmm. developing it. But everybody can develop that. Like 100%. You know, it's up to the individual if they want to do it. Exactly. Right. They have to want it bad enough. And, yeah. you know, n- now she's she's all she's on. She's on Instagram. And, you know, and, you know, whoever's listening to the show, you know, if you're a woman, you know, you got to check it out. It's a great spot. You know, mm-hmm. King C doesn't have much. Right. And she brought a real, real good environment to King City. She added, she added to King City. I mean, right. it's it's wonderful to still drive by. And even though I was part of the whole process of it, and I and I did take some time off of work to help build it, uh, the construction aspect of it, mm-hmm. and manage all the trades and this and that. Working beside her was amazing. I loved, I loved it. You know, it it was so cool to watch the building phase of it and how this used to be a, 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 let's say we're going for a drive and we're having a coffee and we're, we're talking about, you know, what's your dream? What's my dream? This and that. And just, we're just fantasizing about the, you know, what we want in our life and, and how we want to get there. Right. And now I get to drive home every day and look at her sign. Mm-hmm. And every day I drive by, I'm so proud and I smile because that was a thought. Yeah. yeah. And I want to know, and, and I always ask myself, it's it's so much better when things are, are a thought and you put the work in and then you see the outcome. Yeah, it turns into a real thing. And it's thing. amazing yeah. because as people and humans, we're so powerful when we put our mind to something. Right. It's really us that hold us back. Yeah, we're our own worst enemy. We're, we're our worst enemy. We're yeah. the ones that say, oh, well, you know what? You, I could go out with the boys. So, I, I mean, I'll just, I just won't go into work today. That's one thing where, for me, was never an option. Mm-hmm. I always put work first. And hence why it paid off. You know, all the steps I did, all the steps she's going to do and is doing, and I tell her every day, will always pay off. I'm a spitting image of it. You know, you work hard, you play hard. You dedicate to what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And the money and you know, the success and all the perks, it comes with time. And I also learned that, that not everything comes so fast. There are certain goals you set to achieve them. 
And if you want it bad enough, you'll get it. I mean, I had a goal since I was 20, and I was able to achieve it at 27. Yeah. Now, that's a long time, seven years for a goal. Okay, but there's people that have goals for 20 years. If it's a goal, and a goal means enough to you, you don't look at the time frame on yeah. it. Yeah. That's the difference. Okay? Yeah. People get discouraged after six months, a year to two years. Oh, don't worry about it. I don't want the goal anymore. It's never going to happen. Right. I wanted something that was a little out of my reach to get, but I got it yeah. because I played my cards right in order to purchase it. And because I did, the outcome went smooth. And that was a sign to me that I made the right move. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. As a car lover who loves cars, as you guys know. Yeah. That's where I like. That's my that's my kryptonite. You know what I mean. And yeah. as the fiance always knows, has been, always has been. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think that's ever gonna go away. Probably just gonna get worse for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, Not most like likely. A car fleet or something, right? No, and it never goes away. Never goes yeah. away. But no. and and it's funny because everyone has their little kryptonites that kind of like one hundred percent. You know, give them give them joy, right? And you know, I I think it's just wild how you you can just. You put a goal out there and whatever goal it is, and when you achieve it, you feel so good that you almost want to set up a new goal. Right. And keep going. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I feel like that's the best way to do it. You know, I mean, I'm the kind of person who's got like ideas like this. It all starts from an idea, brother. It does, but my problem is I try to do too many ideas um, simultaneously. It's okay. And then things fall apart because you can't organize that many things all at once. No. And then things fall apart and you're like, fuck. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you do, you're right. You, you kind of have to. You do have to invest the time in each task that you're you're going out to achieve. But furthermore, just you can't bite off more than you can chew. No. You got to know your own limits, right? And everybody's limits are different. And that's what makes each and every one of us special. We yeah. all have our own limits. And you know, let's say I I may not be able to chew as much as as Goody, and Alex can chew more than both of us. Yeah, doesn't make any one of us better than each other. No. Right. It's just Alex can chew a little more. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's the other problem. Yeah, people have this thing where compare and if, contrast. If, yeah, you're like <laughs> if, you know, I'm doing better than this person and that person, and yeah. it really at the end of the day, as long as the person is a good person, you're vibing with that person. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. Right. It doesn't matter what you have, what your net worth is, what you're worth. That stuff does not matter. What matters is who you are. Right. Because one day when you go. And God takes you. You think they're going to be talking about your net worth? You think they're going to be Depends talking on how about? Big it was. Well, well, let's. <laughs> you know, that'd be kind of cool, right? But let's just say that they were like, you know, oh, you know, he was worth this much, this much, this much. Yeah. Who cares? Right. Who was he? Yeah. How did he make me feel? Yeah. What experiences did we have? That I can cherish for the rest of my life. Yeah. Right. Not that he bought me a uh, you know a slice of pizza one day and he was a generous guy. No, the laughs we had in the backyard over a beer and a drink, had a had a nice cigar. These are moments when you have to cherish. Yeah. Because money comes, money goes. I mean, COVID taught the world that. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of people doing very well before COVID, and then COVID hit, and everyone started saying, "Whoa, what are we gonna do? What yeah. are we gonna do?" Right. Right. Yeah. So in that moment, it brought everybody kind of together and said, "Listen, we we got to enjoy each other." For who we are. Yeah, the things you can't... There, there are. We learned a lot of things. We did. Everybody, the it was whole, a huge lesson. It, it was a right. wicked cool experience in that the whole world was taught a lesson simultaneously. Wonderful. We all got to see that our systems are fragile and that they are not everything. 
So people stopped taking things for granted. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, I know I did, stopped taking things for I, granted. I, you know what's funny? I, I definitely, you know, definitely realized, you know, being Italian and European, just like, you know, good, you're Jamaican and Alex, you're Italian, we can understand family. Greek, Greek, Greek. Damn, oh, you're Greek? Greek. Greek. I thought yeah. you were Italian. <laughs> oh, no, Greek, God. Greek. It's okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm marrying a Greek, so it's all good. Perfect. You know there I mean? you go. Uh, it's European. Yeah, you're, you're good now. That's uh, okay. <laughs> You know, but I'll tell you something, the the events, the Christmases when everybody gets together, that's so wonderful because when, when the pandemic happened, you missed out on that. You didn't have, weren't able to see your grandparents or your aunts, or your uncles or your cousins because everybody was nervous. They didn't know what's going on. Yeah. In that moment, I realized, oh my God, all these functions and these birthdays, we all took for granted because now you can't have it. Right. Yeah. You know, your grandparents, you're not walking in and the, the the house is smelling like fresh food and everyone's laughing and chatting. Now it's like you just got your immediate family and there's nothing wrong with that. But you look forward to seeing everybody because that's when you catch up with everybody. Exactly. Right. But the pandemic took that all away from you. Right. And that's something where it was like, hold on. For all these years, I never thought of that. Now that I can't have it, I got to start thinking of that. You know, it's funny that it, it teaches, it taught us another thing too that, because you mentioned being Italian, Alex is Greek, and I'm Jamaican. Like, very different cultures that have, like, very... But what's fundamental about them, those core values, they're the same. And they're the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. We all want and love our family and friends. 100%. And the people in China felt that. The people in Japan felt that. Australia, Jamaica, Canada, the whole fucking world. And we all got a real big slap across the face being like, A, you can't go see your family, so how do you feel now? And B... You know, people were dying because it's a pandemic, right? For more reasons than one. Hey. But people were dying. So you were thinking about, yeah. I might lose somebody and I have yeah. no way of even seeing them. You know what I mean? And everybody got to feel that. So you're right. Like, the priority list, I think, altered for a lot of people. Yeah. I know for you, it did. We yeah. talked a lot about for sure. in the pandemic. And for you sure. really got a lot of shit figured out during that time. Yeah. I did as well. I mean, Alex, I'm sure you did as well. Like, we, yeah. it was inevitable, you know? And there's two ways you could have come out of that. It was sort of like, oh, the world's broken. We're all fucked anyway, whatever. Fuck it. And continue going down the way you're going down. Missing, you know, not living in the moment, not living in the day, not enjoying and and, and really cherishing those moments. Mm-hmm. Or you could be switch gears, change your thoughts, you know. Well, that's what Create those to new me. neural networks, as they well, say. Well, that's what happened to me. And yeah. I definitely, my, my, my career in, in COVID was, was interesting because... In that time, we had to scale back, and obviously, like every other business, you had to make some very hard decisions. And as a business owner in COVID, it was difficult because yet you were faced with thoughts, worries, decisions that you didn't want to necessarily think of. Yeah. Not that you're not thinking of them, but you didn't want to face them at that time. They're heavy. In that moment, there were heavy thoughts that yeah. kept you up at night. Right. People's livelihoods yeah. are at stake. People that work for us, you know, what's going to happen if something happens to us? How are they all going to eat? And as an, as one of the owners of, of the business, I would say that I was talking to my brother, who is a, who's, who's another owner, and my dad, who's the main owner. Right. What are we going to do? There's 45 families that eat from us. Yeah. If we make a wrong decision, we make a wrong move. That's 45 families that are not going to be eating and that are going to be on the street. The whole ship that is very very heavy on the heart when you think about if you make one wrong move right now in this pandemic where everything is kind of all over the place you can cost a lot of people's livelihoods for sure 
And that's where we had, we buckled down and we said, listen, this is a plan. This is what we're going to do, whatever. We shifted some stuff around and we made it out of the pandemic stronger than we came into the pandemic. Wow. And that was a blessing. And I'll tell you why. Because in the darkest and hardest times is when people get to work the hardest. Yeah. Because you're forced to go over and above and think of things that you didn't have to think about so much before. You were faced with the thoughts of all of these worries and concerns that now you have to face and you have to take on. Yeah. You know what? When you're backed into a corner, a little bit of desperation mixed with creativity can create a whole fuck ton of stuff. Oh, man. It's wonderful how your mind can work under pressure Mm -hmm. if you utilize it. Yeah. I mean... We took a lot of big cutbacks, setbacks, but the other side of that bridge, the other side of that fire was a patch of grass that was very green. Yeah. And it was it was calm because we went through the hardships. We went through the valleys of, of pain and irritation and suffering and you know, the thoughts of this and that. We came out stronger, but we came out stronger because we chose to come out stronger. He's going to say, you guys, okay. you guys sat down and we, faced we those conversations. Faced the hardest conversations. A lot of people didn't. And right. a lot of people, I don't know if they did or they didn't, but I'll definitely tell you when the CFO was in the boardroom and he gave us some ultimatums saying, listen, guys, it's getting hard out there. What are we going to do? We were faced with thoughts that, like I said, were difficult to swallow and difficult to think about. Yeah. I mean, my dad, who has been in business for the past 35 years, built a legacy and an empire. Just the thought of all of his dedication, blood, sweat, and tears, hard work, Vanishing. could just be gone in a split of a second. That terrified me. And I was yeah. like, looked at my brother and, and, you know, as being, you know, an ex-carpenter, I should say, there, there is no real plan B here. Like, right. this is what I got, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and I'm not letting, and we're, none of us are letting this ship go down. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And I went home, I told the fiance at the time, she was the girlfriend. I said, right. there is no way, you know, we're going down. We're going, we're going to fight tooth and nail. We're going to keep going. We're going to do whatever we can to keep these lights on, these machines running and these people fed. It doesn't matter what it's going to take. We took the biggest sacrifice as the three owners of the business, and that's exactly what you should do. Yeah. You know, as the captains and the generals, you have to take the responsibility on it. It's your company. It's your, you're in charge. Yeah. Those people are your responsibility, whatever yeah. way you want to slice it. Right. You know what I'm saying? See, yeah. that's the beauty of like a smaller business because you guys are not like a corporate conglomerate no. that's no, like we're detached your personality from yeah. your company. No, 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 no. That's a beautiful thing. You know what I love is I know each and every <coughs> one of my guys... I know exactly their hobbies, what they like, what they don't like, what they do on the weekend. Yeah, it's very personal. I know yeah. all of them very personally. And I chose that. Yeah. I choose to get personal with people because you built, you're as strong as your team. Yeah. 100%. And you're as weak as your weakest link. All right? Right. So if you have a strong team, you can accomplish anything. And that's another thing that, that the pandemic showed me is through the hardest times, my, my team was able to to say, listen, we're, we're coming out better. Yeah. We're coming out stronger. They didn't have to work. They didn't have, they, they could have said, oh, I'm not coming and I don't feel safe. They, there was so many excuses for an employee at that time not to go to work. Right. And the employer 
could not say anything yeah. because they were justified. But my guys did not skip a day of work. They did not skip a beat. They showed up. They worked hard. They, they, they did what they had to do. And it was fantastic to really see that when the ship starts to rock, the guys and the women that work there, they, they grabbed the bull by its horns and said, listen, we're on this boat with you. Yeah. So if you go down, that we go down amazing. with you. Yeah. And that was a feeling of saying, wow, this was an amazing team we have. Yeah. All the work of getting to know them and being personable and being friendly. This is where yeah. it pays off. This is where it pays off. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's another thing I noticed too is a lot of people that own a business, I don't I mean, I'm not gonna say they do or they don't, but from the, what I hear from my friends who, you know, work for people, they're not very appreciated. You know, and I always tell my guys that what's a pizza lunch? What's a dinner out? What's a couple gifts here and there? Yeah. What's a little bit of throwing a little bit of cash to somebody and saying, go, you know, thank you for, you know. You little, had a, it's trivial. You had a, yeah, you had a great week or here. Go buy yourself something. You're, you know, you always want to take care of your people because your people take care of you at the end of the day. Right. And you're as strong as, like I said, as your team. And the people that will have your back will always show you in a crisis. Yeah. That's where you're going to know who has your back. Yeah. You're not going to know who has your back in the good times because remember, guys, in the good times, everything's good. You're good. Yeah. Everything's good. Everyone's laughing. It's a good time. Everyone's joking. La, 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 la. But it's in the bad times that you see people pulling up their pants and saying in their socks, putting their toques on and say, okay, let's go. Where we got to go? What do we have to do? You know, we got to get to work now. Yeah. That's the moment you see who has your back and who doesn't have your back. For sure. I like it. Words of wisdom. I try, Goody. I try. From the philosopher. I try, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's let's shift gears a little bit. Because you've given a lot of people a lot to think about, I think, in terms of the realm of business and even just knowing yourself and like pushing yourself. So I think we can leave that for now. All right. We can get into the fun stuff now. What's the, that? The medium stuff. Oh, you want to get? Oh, I want to dive into this shit so bad. It's so cool to me. I okay. So a little. A One little. more thing about the relationship. Though. Oh, please, that's, by all means. That's very not to cut you off. But no, I gotta say means. this: your partner has to be your best friend. Oh yes, given. And that, and yeah. I want to touch back on that just because that was the biggest lesson I ever learned in, in a relationship. Um, they have to be your best friend because when your partner is your best friend. You're so solid. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Because it's no different when you have a best friend, right? You, you're very close. You talk about anything. There's no judging. Yeah. But now add the intimacy in that. It's the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to share that before we jump into the median yeah. conversation. No, that's a very that's good a really point. Good, I mean. Because that's what makes me and my fiance very successful is we are best friends. Yeah. And we talk about everything. <laughs> and, you know. That's what makes it so much easier to be in a relationship when they are your best friend. No, I feel that. I, I mean, the idea that people can even go into a relationship without wanting that is mind-boggling to me. Because people do. I know. People go into it and they're like, I nope, know. nope. Yeah. I do yeah. my thing and they do their thing. I have, yeah, I, like a very, a, a very independent yeah, method like, of doing it. Yeah. Like roommates. Like how yeah. can you I've live a life that. like that? You know what's funny? I've heard that and I laugh because I'm like, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with that. Let's say you want that. Good. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. But 
we we're more of the people that want to be united with, yeah. with our loved ones and our partners. And but who doesn't? I know, what but, human being doesn't? Well, you'd be surprised. I got a lot. I had a lot of old friends back in the day that would be like, "No, she she has her friends. I got my friends. We don't we don't mix and yeah. mash, and that's it." And hey, that's fine. But like I said. When it's good, it's good. But when it's bad, it'll be bad. It, it'll be bad, and that's the point of when it's when it's ever a, a rough time. That's when you have to see, you know, who has your back. But yeah. in a hard time in a relationship, that's where you see if your partner is able to ride it out with you. Well, the main ingredient for that is trust, right? Trust. But trust takes so much time and you wanna, to build you, and maintain. And you want to know what's bigger than trust? Communication. Oh, well, yeah. If you can't communicate, if you can't talk or not feel judged or feel like you have to hide things from your partner, that's not your partner. Yeah. You know, I go home, I tell my fiance, whatever's on my mind. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I just, I I, I talk to her, you know, she falls asleep. You know what I mean? And and, And I laugh because we have a very open an honest relationship where we, we we're open to talk about anything with each other and we don't hold back and you know we're each other's best friend we we, we never hold we never hold our feelings in mm. and the best advice I could give to you know anyone that's listening to this is never go to bed angry with your loved one yeah. because the next day is a brand new day yeah. you don't want to bring today's problems into tomorrow and that's a big crucial statement and I'll say it again you do not want to bring your problems today into tomorrow because tomorrow's a new day. Mm-hmm. So you'll have new set of problems, new set of challenges. Don't mix and match all your stuff in one day. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to say, listen, you know, it, you may not be able to work it out in one day. I'm not saying you will, you'll be able to, but you have to go to bed knowing that, listen, I did, you know, we're, we're, we got to fix it. We're gonna. We're almost gonna fix it. Right. Yeah. Whatever it is, at least set up some kind of game plan. Something you don't want to go to bed feeling that kind of animosity. You're feeling angry because you're gonna feel you're not gonna sleep good, and your partner's not gonna feel good when they wake up, and yeah. vice versa. And it's not a good way to start your day off. Yeah, it's gonna throw you off. It's gonna sure. throw you off. So, best advice is communicate, trust, be each other's best friend. Right. You know, support each other in, in each of your careers. Be faithful, loyal, honest. You know, work together, yep. set goals together, right. whether it's a house, an apartment, a condo, whatever you want to strive for, set it up together. I mean, that's what that's what we did. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, we're, we're engaged. We live on our we live on our own. And it was awesome because, you know, living with somebody is when you really got to get to know them. Oh, yeah. And that's sure. the biggest test. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I would definitely suggest to everybody before you get married to definitely live with your fiance or even girlfriend if you like. Right. That's the best test to get to know somebody, and yeah. you get to know all their their the all the little things about them. Let's say that you didn't really know when you weren't living with them, because yep. when you're seeing somebody one night or two nights or whatever, you know you don't you know them, but not you don't know their routine. Off Everybody's by heart, on their best behavior, right? Yeah. and you're able to hide a lot of like the imperfections. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, example, like if a guy you go to the bathroom, you're gonna take a dump. You know what I mean? <laughs> and she walks in, you don't want to. You know, you're like, oh my god, I don't want her to smell it. For example, right? But I, you know, <laughs> and I'm gonna be open and honest. It's kind of funny because yeah. as a guy, like, oh, you know, you don't want to impress your girl. You don't want her to smell it. Let's say, but when you're open, when you're open and you live with somebody, you have to kind of like. It is what it, it is. It is man. what it is. Like, yeah. what are you gonna do? Spray a can of Febreze and, and kill her when she walks in every single fucking time. Not. You know what I mean? <laughs> every three times a day. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But I laugh because these are the open things where relationships and when you live together, you have to get over these barriers, right? Yeah. Right? And you and you're not judged because you live with them. 
You're not able to go home and hold it in for the for all night. Right. You're, you know, and but then go home and release it. This is my big thing. I say to Natalie all the time, for instance, even you know, like farting in front of your partner. That's totally normal. Oh, you Get know, the oh, fuck yeah, over this is, it. it's a topic we've had. You that's a, to- is that a topic you guys had. Yeah, oh, we've talked me. about it before. Yeah. She's the type where I mean, and I agree with her to an extent, right? Like, if she, let's say. You know, her, her, her opinion is, okay, if my guy has to fart, she'd like him to go to the other room and do that. Really? I mean, I'd, I'd like to ask her if, you know, when she's been in a five-year relationship down the road. That's my right? thing. Yeah. She's dating When it's now. fresh, yeah. sure, okay. When it's Within fresh, the first few months, hey, yeah, you're not going to rip don't, it. Don't, don't <laughs> let her rip it in front of her when it's fresh. <laughs> right. I mean, or if you, you know, if you want it, she's, 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 she's good about it. Who knows? You let, you, let, you let a little one out. You then, do have to yeah. feel it out at the beginning. And then you see her reaction. If she doesn't give your reaction, you do it again. And, and you know, we see where it goes. But you got to have fun with it. I mean, right. it's, it's all about the person and, and, and how how they feel about it. But, mm. you know, it's... Uh, it's just one example, though. Like, there's a, it's it's so a bunch many. of stuff. You know, you it's know? so many. Like, you know, example, yeah, you know, sharing a bathroom, yeah. you know, with a woman. And you know, women—they like their makeup and their and their stuff to get ready. So as men, we have to be very accommodating to their bathroom schedule. You know what I'm saying? Because when mine when mine gets ready, it's a big ordeal. You know what I'm but saying? But like you said before, so, it's a sacrifice, it right? Is. You know you, that you know, coming you got, up, exactly. Right? So, I mean, you may have to go use another bathroom, let's say, right? Because you don't want to interrupt her getting ready. So it all kind of depends on on what you can what you can take on you know what For i'm sure, saying yeah. and that's kind of the perk of living with somebody is you get to know all this and learn all this and feel all this out mm-hmm. there's no surprises anymore like now that we're going to get married down like you know in, in a year and a half two years there's no surprises for me. At this point, it's a piece of paper and a, and a beautiful uh, ceremony and yeah. a great party. But it's not that I'm going to move in with her the next day, let's say, and, oh, I don't know anything. I don't know all this about you. I know everything. I know everything. Right. Yep. There's nothing I don't know. So it's it's so much easier when you know versus the unknown. Right. right? Our, our parents are probably the, the last generation to go through marriage under the rules of the old school where... You, you know, you date and it's not even dating. A lot of it would be described as courting. And then, you know, you get married <laughs> and then that night, you have, that's your first night, quote unquote, together. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, I mean, the divorce rates in our parents' generation speak for themselves, do they not? Clearly. So, yeah. you know, in a, yeah. in a world where, you know, we're all, we have access to information like never before and we're, we're living a super interconnected life. It's true. You're right. Yeah, you have to be able to live together and co- cohabitate, and you should find that out before you get married. Hundred percent, for sure. How 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 often are you going to be successful if you don't? Right. That's the, the. You're as successful in a relationship as you want to be, and as long as you want to be successful in a relationship, you will be. Mm. And if you want to put in the work and the time, listen. Obviously, it's you know there's good times and there's bad times, right? You're going to go up and you're going to go down, but it's during those bad times how you both sit down. In, you know, in at a table or sit down on the couch or go for a drive or go on the back terrace and just talk or whatever your strategy is to kind of get together, wind down and discuss, listen, this is what's going on. This is how I'm feeling. It's how you're feeling. How are we going to fix it? Yeah. You know what right. I'm saying? It doesn't necessarily always need to be a bad thing, but there could also be ways of preventing problems. 100%. There could, and that's yeah. another thing that our generation, you know, seems to, to not think of yeah. how to prevent the problem. If you know this could be a problem, prevent it. Don't wait for it to blow up in your face before you say, oh, I got to deal with it. Well, that's the thing. A lot of people have a difficult time, especially these days, taking things head on. You know, as you said, grabbing the bull by the horns. Um, 
stuff scares people and then people kind of sure. just shrivel up. Sure, 100%. And in this day and age of decadence and like we're 100%. just, a lot yeah. of us aren't challenged the way that we're supposed to be and then no. you kind of yeah. get complacent in it yeah. and then you, yeah. you know, woe is me, and you just don't do any work to get better. You don't put in any time in yourself or the things you like, and you never grow. You just stagnate, and then you wonder why things fall apart, you know? You know, I, th- I think it, it comes down to, you know, having that, you know, the way he's describing it. Like he, They sound like a successful team, right, exactly. at the end of the day, which exactly. is really what it is. Whereas yeah. now, if people are going into a relationship with this independent mindset, which is okay, because you take care of yourself, you do your thing financially, emotionally, whatever... But at the same time, too, if, you, if you're too much on that side and you're not really looking, okay, how can I make this work as a team? Like you said, when the times get rough, yeah. if it's all about me, 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 and oh, well, I'm good and the person I'm with maybe isn't and I have no ties, then I'll just cut it. I won't work through it. Yeah, You know what I mean? And maybe that's what's happening as well, right? I mean, I, <clears throat> a lot of us have had experience with that, too. and I, I, It's unfortunate. I feel like some people do need to learn that lesson the hard way where they do give up early and then they realize, oh shit, I had a good one. Now it's gone. Yeah. You know, but I mean, in those cases, you just kind of like have to call it what it is. Okay, fine. You make a mistake, own your mistake, work on what you need to work on. And then when you feel like you're ready and when the time comes and that new opportunity presents itself, you know that you got to go balls to the wall. You got to grab the bull by the horns. You got to mitigate issues so they don't fester and become serious issues. You got to communicate. You got to trust you got to work. But that's the thing. I think with Instagram and social media and stuff like that, relationships look like it's all fun and games. That You only see people's good days. And so your idea, subconsciously, whether you mean to or not, a lot of people tend to start to think of relationships as like this like ideal-esque sort of fairy tale, Hallmark movie, Disney movie type of deal. And that's just not what it is. And it's never going to be that. And maybe you're that person that, Oh, well, it is for me. I've got lots of money and I don't have to worry. Yeah, okay, fine. If that's the case, how real is that relationship then? When you strip it down, like you said, Phil, on those bad days, how real is your relationship? Are they really going to stick around? Right. You know? Well, it's, the, it's probably the foundation that you build. Yeah, right. The, you know, the strength of your foundation. It's the foundation you know? and, that, and that's what it comes down to. It's the foundation of, of you and the person. And, you know, to touch on what, what Goody, what you said about social media and Instagram is... People are only going to show you, yes, their good times. They're going to show you their good photos. They're going to show you their good angles. They're going to show you everything good about them. But let let me tell you something. They're never going to show you the bad times. And that's the, the, the funny part is everybody that's going through a hard time in their relationship, let's say, they go on Instagram and they say, oh, why can't we be like this couple or that or that person? All right. Well... That's not realistic because the one thing we all seem to forget is these people that post all that, they choose what they post. Exactly. So they make it into a fantasy world where you think as the viewer, oh, I want to live this life or I want to do that or I want to do this or how come I don't have that or I don't have this. That's not realistic. Mm. You know, realistic and a real relationship is a relationship that's going to have its good, its bad. It's going to have the uglies. It's going to have the happies. It's going to have it all. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? And obviously, you have to be able to want it bad enough that it doesn't matter what it looks like online. It doesn't matter what the people post. It doesn't matter what how they look. You have to be happy with your relationship and and who you're with. And at the end of the day, another thing I want to also say is that, you know, 
people are gonna are gonna want certain things, and you know, as long as is both parties agree that you know whatever each of them want, whether it's a new car or it's a it's you know a a bag or whatever each of them find that you know they would like. Let's say for I'm just using materialistic things as yeah, an yeah, example. Yeah. As long as both people agree to it and and respect, you know that hey, you know if you're working hard, you want to enjoy a little bit, you know you can you can be able to do that without sacrificing something else that's going to put you and that person behind. Mm. And where I'm going with this and is because now that I am on my own and we're living together, my fiance comes first. Yeah, you know financially everything. Because that's the point of sacrificing. You can't be with somebody and live with somebody if you're not going to make any sacrifices. And you know she's doing the same for you. A hundred and ten percent. But that's where the give and the take is. Yeah, right. So example, you know, I didn't have to go sell any of my cars in order to move out. Yeah. But I definitely had to make some big financial decisions that would better us yeah. because that'll set us up down the line. Yeah. And obviously, being in a relationship is all about, like I said, and I've been saying it's give and take, but it's give and take in any aspect. Yeah. Right. It's it's teamwork. It's hey, you know, you know, I'd love to go buy another car right now, mm-hmm. but is it realistic? No. You know, I got I got a mortgage, I got bills, I got her to take care of. You know, she's out there grinding, you know, fourteen hours a day at her place. Yeah. It's not just you, you know, anymore. It's not just me. I'm not thinking about my my selfish needs anymore. I gotta think about what's better for the both of us and what's better for the future for us. Yeah. You know, and one day when things are, are good, let's say financially, where you don't have to worry about anything anymore, you know, then you can make these kind of decisions to go enjoy. Yeah. But it's all stepping stones. I mean, you know, I, I was really grateful that I got to do and, and buy things that I wanted to do before I was able to move out. Yeah. I kind of did all that stuff, got all my dream, got some of my dreams, I should say, checked off when it came to buying my dream car, you know, doing this, having that. I was excited the fact that I was able to do that before I moved out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my fiance was so supportive about it. And, you know, it, it's amazing because <laughs> when you have that support, you're not feeling guilty about it. Yeah. Because you can work hard, you can make good money, but you also got to enjoy it too. Yeah. You know, and that's another thing too. You have to enjoy your success. If you don't, what what's the point? What's yeah. the point of working hard if you're not going to enjoy it? I mean, I work so hard, but... You know, I got a gorgeous car at home. That That's why I love taking it on the weekends or we'll, we'll go for drives or whatnot. Right. You know, and as a car lover, that's a part of my success was being able to go and buy it. And, you know, there was no questions asked. Yeah. Right. And then getting, getting, you know, getting her, you know, uh, approval and her, her way of saying, hey, you know what? Like, I, you know, you deserve it. You know, this isn't going to put us back. This isn't going to you know, make us suffer in another way where we can't move out or this or that. Question, side question. Talk to me. Does she, uh, does she do you let her drive the toys around or no? My, <laughs> you know, my fiance, she does drive the toys around. Oh! So what do you have? What do you have? I got a BMW M4 competition 2020. Okay. You know, so if you know me, you know I'm a Beamer guy. Yeah. And then I daily drive a black on black 2022 Range Rover. 
Okay. So very nice. You know, but that that's for now. But I have other cars in mind, obviously, eventually. Like yeah. once you know yeah. things go well and you know things get settled, I'm definitely going to be looking at a nine, uh, probably a nine eleven. Right. You know, I definitely want one of those as part of uh, as part of the collection. And she knows that. She knows yeah. I'm a car lover. So she's expecting all these cars one day. I mean, she's expecting them coming, you know, one one step at a time, right? Right. Yeah. But she does drive the toys. And, you know, it's it's wild because she loves them for. I mean, she and, you know, she can drive. I mean, she's so funny because she when she gets behind that, that, that car, she's like, she, she's like, she's going into the NASCAR speed park. You know <laughs> a whole I mean? new person. She's yeah. like a whole <laughs> new person behind that wheel. Yeah. You know what I mean? She starts zipping around and this yeah. and that, but she, she loves it. And, you know... I, I love seeing that. I, I love that she can enjoy my accomplishments. Yeah. And and I love that she's a part of my accomplishments. Yeah. Because she was there when I never had that. And and I'll give you a backstory. The BM, the BMW M4 for me was my dream car since I was twenty. And I remember telling my dad when I first saw it out online or on the on the TV at the time. I was like, oh my God, dad, that's my dream car. One day, one day. And I had it as a back screen saver. I would look at it every day. I had looked at Auto Trader. Mm-hmm. I was like 25. I remember I go into the dealership, seeing how much they would cost, <laughs> trying to get approved. And you know how many times I got denied on that car? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it was wild because, you know, you get so discouraged because you're like, oh man, like I'm not there yet. But you know what's awesome? I got denied a couple times on trying to buy one, but it's good. And I'm proud to say that. Yeah. on the show because it helps, helps motivate you to get it. It right? drove me to the point that I was able to buy an M4, yeah, better model than I was looking at mm-hmm. as it's the competition, mm-hmm. and on top of it, getting a proof for the vehicle in a half an hour. Right. So at that point, yeah. by the time I got home, they called me and said I got approved. Yeah. So I'm saying that because if you've got denied so many times, right? trying to you know make it work and trying to to do it and you go home with that oh i'm not there yet i'm not ready yet and all of a sudden you're ready and everything lines up all your cards line up it feels the best yeah because you're able to accomplish something that you've wanted to accomplish for the past eight years yeah seven eight years i should say and i mean guys think of it that's like your background saver. You talk about it. You fantasize about it. You dream. You you know, you're looking at them when they drive on the road. You almost start hitting people because you're looking <laughs> the other way. You know what I mean? And forget that you're even driving. You're so infatuated by it that, you know, you almost crave the feeling of achieving it, right? Yeah, yeah. So where I'm going with it is pretty much it's wild when you kind of get turned down so many times that the time that you're able to do it, it's like the best feeling on it. Yeah. Right. And I definitely Christmas would say that. Type of deal. You know, and then the year after is when I got the, and then I obviously, cause I'm not, I don't drive that in the winter, right? It's, it's just a toy. Mm-hmm. I had a Ford Escape for a little bit. And then that was like my winter truck. And I had, you know, it was a 2011. I love this thing. You and you the know? beaters. That, Buddy, the beaters are amazing. Solid beater I had. <laughs> Barbara. Oh, but the minivan. I used to have an old piece. minivan when I had another sports car back in the day when I was young. I think you remember, Alex. The G, what, the G35? The red one, the right? The red G35. Yeah. Yeah. Buddy. That was the high school days. That was the high school days. Yeah. You know, and I laughed because I, I had an old van at the time that I would drive every day. And Goody, Goody, you know, because Goody did his driving test in this van, right? So he has some sentimental oh, yeah. issues. Wow, with that. we all got memories he, with Barbara. That thing was a beast, buddy. I yeah. would do, I would do the Tokyo drift in it. I would be drifting what in it. Like it was like a 2006, it, and it was silver. It was wild. Dodge this thing. Caravan. And I remember I threw this. The, I threw all the seats out. <laughs> 
I don't know why I threw them out. I threw them all out. So it Weight was a reduction. van, but Come we on. had two seats. <laughs> it, was not, it was a van with two seats. There was nothing in the back besides It's a tools. van sport. It's a van sport, buddy. <laughs> oh, buddy. oh, wait, there's more. No, no, no. There's I, more. Van competition, you could say. I, buddy, I, I blacked out the taillights. This thing was a... <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I spray painted them. I even had a black... I had a uh, matte black hood, you know? And, buddy, I even did the grill. But because I was like, oh, I'm not going to put the tape... <laughs> The amount of overspray on this thing <clears throat> was just, Goody goes, you've lost your mind. What are you doing? I said, Goody, it's a piece of art. The thing is, is, a, is, is a machine. It's your creation. Oh. My first job on the radio, I had to drive up to Midland, Ontario every weekend, oh, yeah. Saturday and Sunday, and I didn't have a car yet. So I'm like, Phil, I need something to drive. He goes, buddy, I'm going to set you up with Barbara. Oh, and yeah. I would be driving. All the way up to butt fuck nowhere oh, in Canada, yeah. driving this fucking thing on cruise control with nothing in the back. That worked, the cruise control? Oh, yes, it did work. At the time. Not very well, no, but it worked. No, it would hold it. It, 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 it like flicker. The, it had a, the window of speed was about 20 kilometers, and if it was going uphill, it was going about 20 <laughs> below what you said. If <laughs> <laughs> it was going downhill, it was going 20 above. start to suffer going up. That's why you took the seat so fucking. Yeah, that thing was beauty. I love, this guy would call me whenever anything happened in Barbara. He smoked a turkey once. Oh, my God. Come on. Who hits Hilarious. a turkey? Alex. A wild I hit Some people a haven't wa- even seen a wild Buddy, turkey. I hit a. I, this guy can't. This guy can't let this story go. You know this is amazing. You know what's funny? I hit this wild turkey at seventy kilometers. Now, I'm driving on Bayview, and if, if for the people in Aurora and that are local in Aurora will know, between Bayview and Bloomington, I'm driving up right where the houses are on to the left. And all of a sudden, I see these wings flying. I'm like, what the heck is that? It's a wild turkey. As I'm driving up, the turkey's trying to fly. I smash the turkey. The turkey smashed the walk. I smash it. It smashes me. However way it happened, it smashed the windshield. It almost came through. It shattered my whole windshield. Fuck. The size of this turkey was ginormous. And all I heard was a bump, bump, bump. And it fell off the side. And I'm, I'm like, do I pull over? Or do I just keep driving with a smashed windshield? I cannot see anything. I got feathers all in the windshield. It looks like it just went through like a, a you know, a jungle or something. And I, I end up going home and I'm like, Dad, you're not believing what happened. He's like, what did you do? Like, I smashed a wild turkey. He said, excuse me? I said, come outside. The windshield's gone. Done. Smashed. There's an indent of the turkey's ass in the windshield with the feathers. I'm like, he goes, well, you didn't bring it home? I said, I didn't even think of that. You know, I just <laughs> left it. Like, I left it there. I left a good, you know, that could have been a good Thanksgiving dinner over here. You know what I mean? Well, I'll tell you, being Italian, my nono definitely said you made a mistake. You should have put it in the back of that car and bring it to his house. Right? didn't have any seats, so you weren't going to mess with the fan. You had the room. But I was, I was worried it was still alive. You know, this thing was resilient. It, imagine, it, imagine it, he puts it in the back it, five minutes it, later. It, it comes back it alive. It comes back alive, and I'm driving, and this wild turkey's in the back of my van. <laughs> Fuck you! Fucking a taxi. Imagine a taxi while you're driving. I'd end up. I'd end up going into the ditch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Me the turkey end up going off the road. <laughs> you know, fuck sixty ruins and, the map black hood. Oh, buddy, this and what kills me is Goody. Goody loved when I told Goody this. I go, you know what? Should I tell him? Should I not? And I go, oh, Goody would get a good laugh out of it. Uh, if been, I remember correctly, sir, you called me on the side of the road. Oh yes, but I was debating because I go, he's never gonna let me live this one down. Of course not. And when I told him, <laughs> all he's the phone went silent, and he was laughing yeah. for half an hour. I was peeing. Laughing, like, I laughed so peeing hard. Peeing himself. I cried. Yeah. He was laughing, and I was 
I was thinking it was so funny how, you know, this turkey caused this much damage, but it did. You know what I mean? So that was just one of the great stories of uh, of Barbara for sure. Barbara the beauty. Oh yeah. But you know what? That's you know what. That minivan that was a part of your your journey, right? That was You're part look of the back journey, and, buddy. You, you know, know what? There's value I there. I didn't always have the, the the nice cars. I always had a nice. I always had a. I definitely, you know what? I always had a nice car, not like a you know like an M4 or Range Rover, but I definitely right always had a nice vehicle. That was one thing for me. You know, I, I always work hard. I always wanted a nice car. You remember I had the black Jeep. You know, from the Jeep I had, I got rid of that. I got into an RS5, and I can go right. on and on. I got into a truck, whatever. Right. I have a bad habit of you know swat, swapping cars. I know, so do I. You know, I want to change every habit. year. My my dad would, wants to kill me because he, yeah. you know he goes, you can never just keep a car, right? Yeah. But the M4, I'm actually gonna keep because they yeah. stopped making them, and that was my dream car. And the competition? Yeah, I'm never the competition rid of that. edition. Yeah, okay, that's gonna go to my first son. Right. Good I want for my you. first son to have that. As, wow. as long as the wife, you know, she thinks she's like she gives the approval. Or, or, <laughs> or I'm ready to give it up. Or you have a second but, son that is more you know, into well, it. Well then I got well, I don't then I gotta see, right? I may have to get another <laughs> car then, right? I may have to get another car then, you know what I mean? Good excuse to tell her, right? Yeah, at that point you gotta scour the earth for another Barbara. There you go. You know Barbara the second. Barbara's funny because one one of the taillights, no, one of the headlights had so much condensation in it. That one light was brighter than the other, so at night you'd have a dead, you'd have a blind spot because you could barely see out of this thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the thing, it was so so bad because I remember when I went to school, I would take it up there, and my buddies would be like, "Man, how's this thing in the winter?" And I'm like, "Buddy, it's really good. This van, like, are you kidding me? I never get stuck." So I'm driving down the road I used to live on up there, and I decided because you know you're young and stupid. To the, you know, drift the drift the turn. Well, I what drifted, else would you do? I drifted into a snowbank. <laughs> Barbara did a whole three, you know, one eighty into the snowbank, and I was like, "Whoa, that was fun!" <laughs> and then we started drifting in Barbara. Boom, buddy! This thing was resilient. Nothing broke. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Boulders. I, I drove into everything. That I, I and then I even played. You know the Tokyo Drift song from Fast and the Furious. Yeah, that's max. I would crank that thing up in it Barbara yeah. and rip it down the highway. Yeah. You know my favorite feature of Barbara was the tailgate. The pumps that okay. hold it up didn't work anymore. Don't. That- so you had to like. <laughs> That was like a full body workout to, to put on the it. top of your head. And if you fucking lost your balance, <laughs> your that dad, thing was going to take you out and no mercy. It wasn't going to stop. It, those shocks that held up that trunk did not work. So <laughs> <laughs> one hand you're holding it, one hand you're loading stuff in it. Because if you don't, it's going to hit you right in the head. And right. then you got to like, you got to either bring it down gentle or you got to like drop it and run clear. And run. It's coming down. Yeah. Or like, I remember I, I, uh, I remember a funny story. Oh my God, my 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 poor father. You know what? I I, I really I probably drive him to so many so I drive him definitely crazy. I a hundred percent I drive him nuts because I remember I decided I'm probably gonna regret telling everyone this on this show. But that's the point of the show, to be honest, and you know have a exactly, good time, exactly, right, guys? Exactly. Yeah. So I decided to you know put a toolbox inside of Barbara. Okay. Did I never tell you Un- this story. Unfastened. Did I ever tell you the story? I don't think so. I never told you the story. Let's hear it. Well, this is going to be really good considering it's the first time I'm on this show and the first time you're hearing this. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. So now you'll get your smile. I'm locked in now. (laughs) So I go, 
I'm going to put a toolbox in the back of Barbara. Of course, you have the room. I have the room. I got, <laughs> right? I got a six-foot bed back here. What am I doing with all this room? So I, I get an L bracket from, you know, Canadian Tire. You know, you know, being 20, you know, you think you can go build a house after doing a, you know, you learned a little bit in school over there. I drilled the brackets into the, into the, into the floor. The floor right. of the vehicle. The floor of the vehicle. Good. <laughs> now, kids and boys and men, look before you drill anything in a vehicle. And I'll explain why. So... I'm done mounting the box. I'm like, I need gas. Oh, <laughs> my I God. I drive to the gas station. You know, Barbara's just going down North Lake. Just, you know, she's cruising the back. The shocks are pooched on this thing, too, eh? So it's just going up, you know, <laughs> up and down. Like a limo. Oh, it's yeah. It's like a, sick. you know. Yeah. So I'm just rolling it down the street there. And I'm, and I'm getting gas. And it's funny because I'm filling it up. And... I'm sitting there and I'm and I'm my, my hands on the on the nozzle, I'm filling it up, and all of a sudden you hear I said, What does it sound like a waterfall? And I start oh I start smelling it go like I said, Why does it smell like gas? <laughs> so I stop and under Barbara's full of gas. I'm like, uh oh. You drilled through the gas I tank? I drilled through the gas tank. The gas tank or the line? The tank. The tank itself. I punctured <laughs> the tank with six screws. Holy fuck. Nice. I was going to say, if no. it was a line, no. replaceable, not no. bad. So Holy fuck. I, I'm in the gas and there's, there's, there's fuel everywhere. And, and then I'm, I'm looking around and I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I can't leave. Barbara's pissing out gas. I can't leave the gas station full of gas on the floor. No. Barbara's definitely full. We can verify that now. <laughs> she's, she's driven from all angles here. And so I go inside, and I'm like to the guy, sort of bother you. There's been a little spillage outside. Do you have anything I could put on it? I didn't get into detail that I completely punctured my gas tank, and I'm a degenerate <laughs> for doing it. So he goes, oh, yeah, I just used the kitty litter over there. So I, I moved Barbara, and I put all the kitty litter. I went home, and I said, Dad, you... You know, can I can I talk to you about something? He goes, Yeah, what's up, buddy? I said, Well, I kind of did something that's that's really it's really stupid. He's like, well, What did you do that's stupid? I said, Well, you know, I I put a toolbox in the van. He goes, You put a toolbox in the van. I said, Yeah. He goes, well, What what's stupid about you putting a toolbox in the van? I said, Well, I when I put the toolbox in, I kind of drilled through the gas tank. And <laughs> but he was he was not happy. <laughs> he goes, well, so let me get this straight. You put screws through the gas tank of your van. I said, yeah. <laughs> he goes, wow. I don't know what to say to you. Sometimes. <laughs> he goes, you couldn't just get on your hands and knees and look underneath before you're drilling to see what you're One drilling into? One little he step. goes, you missed the best step. <laughs> And I never made that mistake again. And then I ended up going to the uh, records and getting a scrap gas tank for about a hundred bucks at the time, when Chrysler wanted three, uh, two, uh, a couple hundred or five hundred or something. I can't remember. Yeah. For a new one. But these are the kind of stories where you get to laugh at after it's done. After yeah. it's done. But <laughs> when the gas is spilling all over the floor, and you're like, uh oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's not that funny. 
I bet that toolbox was solid though. That toolbox was not, that would have that would have went with Barbara. Yeah. So what uh-huh. was the end? You know, the end life of Barbara. How did she go after you? Scrap her? Or? I blew three transmissions, Alex. <laughs> I fried three trains. Maybe it was the drifting. Buddy. I, I don't know. The first one for sure. Then I got it fixed. The second time, it was starting to slip. And the third time, it slipped right coming home from work. It just decided to stop really working. Right. So I said, Barbara, we have to make peace. Yeah. It's time for you. I remember. We, we basically had like we, a funeral for We her. did. There was and, a And gathering. some guy that came to my, my office... Um, some truck driver said, how much do you want for that van? I said, I'll give me like 500 bucks because the tranny's blown. He goes, done. And he backs in his tow truck because he, I guess he did that on the weekend, trucking and tow truck regularly. Right, right. He goes, I said, hey, you know, be careful. She's fragile. He goes, oh, don't worry, buddy. Here's the money. He gives me the money. He rips off my front bumper. I'm like, oh my God, Barbara, she, that's it. He's probably taking it right to. Uh, He's taking metal. it right to the to the wreckers, right? Yeah. And it was so sad, you know, because there's so many crazy memories in that van, yeah. and so many good memories and and funny memories that watching it go was like a part of my era also going. Yeah, it's yeah. a chapter it of your life. Because yeah. I, let's be honest, gentlemen, I'm not buying another van. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So unless it's another Barbara, but Barbara's one of a kind. Yeah, she, you can't you recreate. Know. Her. I was gonna say, you know what? If you had a ten car showroom. Let's say in the basement of your house. I probably one day. would have a Barbara sitting on the lot just for shits and giggles. Let's say you could yeah. get Barbara back for cheap. You'd you'd throw her in there. I'd throw you her know? in there but on, I mean, on one of those rotating tables. Buddy, if <laughs> yeah, I get exactly. With the back, spotlight, maybe I'm gonna get the hood back. That's about. I was it. gonna say. That's I was gonna say, it. get the hood back and hang it up in the garage. Buddy, it was he's, so funny because he's good for that. He's got his garage. Yeah. He's got all the license plates. Yeah. all collected. Yeah, a lot, lot, lot of plates. Yeah, and I laugh because all of the. Um, all the parts on that were so rusty and yeah. the hood, I decided not to paint it. Mm. So it was like a two tone look I was going for. Nice. Nice. And the rims were so corroded on this thing that if, if you needed to take your rim off, you might as well grind it off because it's not coming off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it would make all season tires. Yeah. All season bald. <laughs> they were bald all season tires. Yeah. The front suspension gone. This was pretty much slammed in the front, raised in the rear. Um, oh yeah. And then I had like, uh, I had, uh, oh Yeah. One of the doors in the back did not open, okay? Sliding door. Yeah, yep. does not open. Right. So there was not a lot of, like, doors that worked, but it was just a fun vehicle. Yeah. I can't explain Yeah, it's it just, you just you a, kick the shit out of it. You don't care. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. We had a couple on the... Good times. A couple in the repertoire like that. For sure. But now is the time to go into the medium. Done. Thing. Now what is wanna, the time. What do you, you want to know? I, I want to... Okay, so... You and I have talked about this, obviously, over, over the years and stuff. Alex hasn't got to have this conversation yet. So I feel like letting Alex take the lead on this one in terms of asking questions. I'll be here to help. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Why don't you just introduce to us your ability, what it is that you can do. All right. So why don't we start with what do you guys know about a median? What are you interested about a median? And what interests you about that topic? Okay, the only thing I know, um, I know a little, oh, no. The only thing I know, I'd say, is um, I describe it as, you know, you have the ability to channel um, 
you know, the spirit world. That's right. That would be my definition of it. All right. Other than that, in terms of personal stories and things that I've heard, I've heard a couple stories here and there of some things. I believe in it for sure because some people don't, you yeah. know. Um, that's that's as much as I know in terms of in depth. Yeah. I'm okay. not really aware. Okay. Well, you know me. I, I, I know quite a bit about it because of you and your mom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm another one. I, I fully believe in it. And it's I've, I've witnessed you do some quite powerful things, have some serious moments with some people about some of the, th- the stuff that can come up. It's incredibly personal. I know for you, having been there with you several times, when you go into like those moments where you're able to channel, it drains you to a point where you're like, goody, you have to drive. I can't drive. And I'll drive us home from like whatever party or something we're at. And you ended up doing a reading for somebody and you're just in the front seat. <laughs> fucking an hour and a half all the way home. Like, yeah, because it just drains you. I do, yeah. So I, I, I definitely do put, you know, all the stock in it. I do for sure. Uh, I can appreciate the value in it for a lot of people. Some people have a hard time letting go, especially if things end abruptly. They lose a loved one abruptly, and you don't really have that ability to get closure. Mediums give you that, and you know. So I, I think, I think there's tremendous value in it. I also think it's very dangerous if it's not done properly. Yep. Because you can be open to negative energies and negative spirits, which are out there sure. that, that do mean to cause harm and stuff. So it's not something, you know, I'm not the kind of person that would go and fuck around with a Ouija board by myself. I'm not that guy. Right. I, I would never do that without somebody who was trained to do it, doing it there with me, guiding me through that process. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, Phil, you have this ability, mm-hmm. right? This is something that you've done. You've done it with people. Yep. Right. So. When was the first, you know, when, what was the first time that you realized you had that ability? Oh, or is it something that you worked? Something you had to put work into? Or did it just naturally? When I was a kid, right. I was in my mom's basement. Okay. And to give you a little bit of a back history and a backstory to this, my mom is a medium. Okay. Uh, she's very intuitive, very spiritual. She does Reiki, and it's a some sort of healing for body, mind, and spirit. Right. She is a Reiki master, a Reiki teacher. Right. And that's something she does as part of. Um, that's actually part of who she is. Right. Yeah. And it's it's wonderful because I definitely got the gift from her. Um, and so just so you know, like where the kind of the gift came from. Right. Now, when I was a young, young, young boy, I was in my basement, and I remember seeing, uh, we were, we had some friends over, we were, you know, kids, you're playing down there, you're not, right. you know, you're just looking around, you're just, you're a kid, right? What yeah. do you, you know, putzing around, or you're playing hockey or whatever, and I remember seeing a man standing in a corner, looking at me, but nobody was there, but something was there. And it was a man in a trench coat. Mm. And that was the first time I've ever seen somebody that was a spirit. Whether, and I get goosebumps even talking about it, because this is about as real as it's going to get, is, you know, I I don't know what it was or who it was, but he was a tall, fairly tall man, you know, slim built, trench coat, you know, um, and he was just, you know, staring at me, right? Right. And I remember going upstairs and, Saying, Mom, I, I, you know, I saw somebody downstairs in the basement staring at me. How old were you, sorry? 
I was about 12. Okay. And my mom said, oh, really? She, I said, yeah. Okay. I'm going to come downstairs with you and you show me where you saw it. So she came down with me. I showed her the exact location of the basement where I saw it. And she said, okay, like, how did you feel? Did you feel nervous? I said, no, I just, I wanted to tell you because I think it's kind of weird. Oh, I saw something. <laughs> Some right? random dude in the basement. Right? Some random guy in the basement, right? <laughs> and at that moment, she, I mean, she knew I was intuitive, I think. Because she's Already. intuitive. Yeah. Right. But I guess because I said that to her yeah. and I was, you know, telling her about, uh, you know, what I saw, it was like, Oh, it's it's you know it's kicked on his intuition. Yeah, now, right. But they say that kids though are more in tune to it, right? Naturally, and then it yeah. tends to go away. Yeah, and it and it does tend to go away. Yeah. So, it was one of those things where it was like, you know, it it was weird because I I wasn't nervous about it per se, mm-hmm. but I was curious to see like what you know what I'm saying, what it was about um, that guy. That intrigues me. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I'd say another time I was at my dad's house. And this is when I was older. I was in high school. And I knew I was intuitive at this point. So I kind of went to... I went Because also, too, is when I found out I was... Not found out. When I felt I was intuitive, I did go to a lot of healers, psychics, right. um, to enhance my, my gift. I talked about it. I worked uh, th- with, with it through them. I had a special healer I dealt with at the time. That was amazing. That also helped me on the journey of being a young kid with, the, with this uh, ability and this gift, let's say. Yeah. Um, and I remember it got really strong. So I would be able to like feel someone in a room right away. You know, I could feel somebody in a room right away where it doesn't matter where we are or, or who's around. I could feel if there was a presence right off the hall. Right. Doesn't matter what party I'm at, what room I'm in, yeah, what restaurant. This is, this is what I remember. It doesn't not matter. Yeah. I could feel it. I could, you know, pin it right away. So I felt it was somebody. So I lived at my dad's house. I lived in the basement. So I, I remember seeing a floating head in the basement. So my dad, who, you know, believes in it and he's very spiritual, but he's not a median. He's not, you right. know, he's not, you know, that, let's say. Right. Right. He was he got so nervous. He goes, "Oh my God, who's in the basement?" Like, there's a floating head in my basement. He's like losing his mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would so, too. And he runs down with the incense and the sage. And for those who don't know that, that's like a spiritual um, kind of cleanse that he kind of just cleansed the basement in the house because he goes, "I don't want floating heads in my house." You know what I mean? What the hell is this, right? So I remember like even there was that. And then one night I got home and I remember seeing a lot of like it was a lot of like negative spirits in the basement. So whether they came in from probably any, let's say I was somewhere and I picked up some bad energy and it came with me or it just kind of followed me in or whatever and it was circling. So I was like laying in bed, the lights were off, the TV was on, I was laying in bed, I was looking up at the ceiling and they were just spinning. It was like seven of them. They were just spinning in like a, in a circle. Like a Dementor. Like, like in a Dementor, fast. Right. So I was able to count them in my head but I wasn't nervous and I wasn't scared because I knew they weren't going to hurt me but I asked them to leave and I, you know, I did my, you know, our father, the our father, and they left one at a time. So, <laughs> what's kind of cool about it is you can kind of sense 
a good spirit and a bad spirit. And yes, they were bad spirits, right. but it's how you conduct a bad spirit. Hmm. It's how you want them to exit out of the room without disrupting you or your house or your family. You know what I'm saying? Right. In a way where you don't want them to to cause any like discomfort for anything. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I really, I really felt like okay, there is definitely something, and I am definitely you know uh, intuitive. Okay. And in high school, I gave a lot of you know I gave a lot of like I felt it very strong as well. You know, a lot of people that found out through close friends asked me some personal questions about themselves that I was able to answer that they also never told me about. Right. So That's what I you'd mean. have the odd person say, okay, well, if you're intuitive, answer this question. I'd answer it right off the hop. And they'd be like, well, how do you know that if nobody told you that? And I said, well, you asked me that. You know, you asked me to, to tell you. Right. And I told you. Now it's up to you to believe in what I said. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's up to that person. Whether, 100%. You know, right. Um, in, in the terms of like the negative spirits, are you able to differentiate what they are? Like, for example, like say it was, a, I don't know, okay, a demon versus like a person that's deceased, but that was a bad person. Mm-hmm. Are you able to discern the difference or do you just feel negativity? No, I'm, I'm able to definitely um, know if it's good or if it's bad. Right, I'm able to ask them to leave for sure. Yeah, I've done that many times. Yeah, um, are we talking about more of a spirit or more? Yeah, of a like it's like the specific spirit. So, like you said, there are seven things for. Yeah, around. you could feel it right away. So, if there's if it's a good spirit, it's going to be like light, white, uh, like yellow, bright. If it's, a, if it's a bad spirit, it's going to be dark. It's going to be very, very dark, and you're gonna, you're going to feel it. Uh, a negative presence, you'll you're able to feel. For right. sure. You don't need to be intuitive. To of course, of course. You can yeah. just feel it's like a negative person. Right. When you're with a negative person or around the negative person, you feel the negativity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now in the spirit form, it could come in like kind of like a blanket kind of form. Um and you know, or like a, a like a <clears throat> a dark cloud. Something like that. Mm-hmm. So more specifically though, the good and the bad, simple enough to discern. Okay. But like the bad or the good, for instance, can you differentiate what type of spirit this is? Of course. Like this was a person or this is something different. Yeah, so pretty much there's something with what we call as medians the, 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 the floaters, the people that have not got up to, to heaven yet. Right. So there's like where, let's say, you know, you have, a, you have a spirits that when they pass, they're floating still on earth before they go up. Like the unresolved business. The unresolved type of, business right, kind right. of thing where it's kind of like they float before they get to go up. Yeah. And sometimes those are the ones that I see. Right. The ones that float. Right. So I can tell if you're good or you're bad. Yes. Right. And usually some of them are some of them that I've dealt with are good. They're they're not going to bother you. They just come. Yeah. But they're not going to hurt you. They're not going to harm you. They're not going to do any discomfort to you. Are they looking for someone to be able to bridge the they're, gap? They they're probably they probably are. Right. They probably 100% are looking for someone. Yeah. But it comes down to uh if you're able to you know take that on and 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 able to to help them get to where they have to get to right. i mean you don't want to take them on but you want to help them continue on their journey by let by telling them you know be free like you don't want them to attach to you right because that's the problem yeah. they start attaching to you like okay i'll give you a story uh, I had an old roommate up up in in Georgian College in Barrie where I was, and I had a I had a roommate that had a girlfriend at the time that decided 
knowing I was intuitive, knowing I, my situation, decided to do a Ouija board when okay. I wasn't home. Okay. So I got home one night. It was a Sunday night, and you know he was frantic. You know, oh my God, you know, she, she's, uh, something happened. She's all, she's crying. She's getting upset. You know, he started panicking. He, and I said, what happened? He goes, well, we decided to play the Ouija board. And well, something kind of happened to her. She kind of just started to go a little crazy. And I'm like, well, why would you play the Ouija board? Yeah. He goes, well, we were bored. <laughs> I said, then go watch a movie. Like <laughs> do something entertaining. Like, yeah. because what you're doing, I said, is you're, is you're opening a gateway and a pathway for any unresolved spirits who are good and bad to come through that channel. Mm-hmm. And that's what a Ouija board is. And so, you so, don't know what you're going to get. So a medium can naturally, you could say, can channel that. Whereas a Ouija board can give your average person the ability to channel that. Except a medium, I feel like, has way more control. They in have terms way of more control. No, for sure. The Ouija board. The Ouija board. Yeah. What right. comes through, how to navigate it, right. what right. they are. Right. I mean, anyone can play Ouija board. Exactly. But yeah. clearly, like like they did, but the outcome was, was terrifying. Yeah. Any and, spirit can come and, through. Right. It almost led to her harming herself because whatever spirit went into her or was around her was telling her to harm herself. Right. And I remember when I went up to her, I said, listen, you're going to calm down. You're going to breathe because she was frantic. Right. She, you know, was going to really cause some serious damage to herself. Right. And I mean, that wouldn't have been good because, yeah. you know, that would have been, you know, she tried to harm herself. Right. And at that point, you realize this isn't a game anymore. No. Yeah. This isn't something that you can start meddling with. This is people's feelings that this, the Ouija board releases these these moments where something can get into your head, drive you to the point of not realizing what you're about to do to yourself until it's too late. Yeah. So if I wasn't there, I don't know if she would have made it. I, I remember very clearly you and me, we went, I was uh, dating this girl at the time downtown. Yes. And we went to a party at this old house they were living in. Yeah, was that was, old, that, old was that was wild. That, that, and that was, a, that was strange. That Ouija board stuff, man. Dude. Well, I don't remember if it, I don't think it was a Ouija board. They felt this presence in the house. Cause yeah. it was, and then when we went down there and you started kind of like trying to channel it and stuff, you were like, I can't tell. If it's good or it, bad, it was a, it was a funny. That was it's, probably one of my 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 hardest my hardest ones because it was a mischievous it was spirit, a very very hard spirit. And on yeah. top of it, they they did play the the Ouija board before. Did they? I think once. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And I explained to them the the problems with doing that and what it leads to and what happens when you do that. And they thank God they understood because. Yeah. You know, you, you have to really know what you're getting involved with when you're opening up that type of can of worms. I remember we went, before we went to that party, your mom sat us down and ran through the whole cleansing process again, just so it's fresh in your, I guess, your mind, because you're the one who did it. And we went down there, and I, it was the most uncomfortable feeling I've ever had in a house. It was terrifying. This spirit. Just right off the bat. Well, you feel like someone's yeah, watching. You, yeah, right? yeah. Like you, you feel it. Like there's a, there's a, there's an, another. You know when there's three of us in the room right now, yeah. you can feel each other's presence. You're like, I know you're here. <laughs> Same thing. Same thing. But it was a heavy, a heavy presence. Yeah. But it wasn't. I. I wouldn't describe it as good, or bad. Mm. 
Do you remember that? Like, that was a creepy, mm. creepy thing. And they gave it a fucking name. Oh, my God. That was so creepy. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what name they gave it, but they gave it a name. The spirit itself, they gave it a name. All these girls that were in this house, they lived in right. this house. They were roommates. They were all in college together. And we were all in college at the time. It was way early, early 20s, maybe even still teens. And, oh, it was such a strange experience. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but so when you use the Ouija board, now, it's true if you don't, if you don't, you know, say goodbye, right? Then that's that's you're not you're you're leaving the channel open or is whatever you want to call it the channel the if, you know if you don't say bye to the Ouija board, right? Then it stays open. It like, stays open, right? And if the Ouija board stays open, that's the scary part. Yeah, right. Because the Ouija board is a channel, right? It's a river, it flows, right? You leave that gate open. You're letting everybody and their mother in at this point. Right. Now, it's up to you to cipher what's coming in. Right. If you don't do it with somebody that knows what they're doing, it can end up very bad. Yeah. Right. And most medians I've met and have spoken to will not touch a Ouija board and just do not believe in it. There's a, there's a very fine line with, you know, light magic, dark magic. You know what I'm saying? And I'm touching on this subject because... The Ouija board can get very dark. And it's not like people, I get it. The the concept of the Ouija board is to talk to a loved one. Mm -hmm. But you can talk to a loved one through a median. You don't have to do a Ouija board. I don't advise anyone to do a Ouija board. It's very, very dark. And if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to really harm yourself and people around you. If you want to speak to a loved one, and I get it. I've spoken to loved ones. I understand the feeling Go to an actual median right. who does that, who can channel the right way. Because you may think you're speaking to your loved one, and they're playing, but yeah, it may not be your loved one. Yeah. Right. Because you don't know that. You're just getting a message through a board or through what somebody says to you. Yeah. Right. You're not getting a message um, like the proper way. At least the median, you can ask the median questions that only... He's going to know. And that's how you're going to cipher through yeah. right. if it's him or if it's not him or if it's her or if it's not her. Right? But as a medium, like, I'm sure you've probably ran into some strong energies. I mean. For sure. So that must take a lot out of you. It wipes some, me out. When point. I used to do a lot of the readings for people and they would ask me, it wiped me out. I'd get drained. I stopped doing it for a long time because it's, it, get, it does really take a lot out of you. I mean, I could definitely. I mean, it's still God. And I could do it. But it does take a lot out of you, and you yeah, have to. Sure. It emotionally drains you, and the worst, the worst part is when people question it, and you know, say, "Oh, you're lying," yeah, and then I end up doing it, and they end up being proved wrong. Right. You know, like I had that same girl that was my buddy's girlfriend in college, and she did the Ouija board, and we you know briefly we touched up on that subject a couple minutes ago, right. She didn't believe me. She goes, you're not a median. Sure. Why does this affect you? Yeah. Well, I read her past in five minutes. Let's say I read a part of her past, I should say, in five minutes. Part. And I read a heavy part. And a part that she didn't even know that I could find out. And a part that he didn't even know happened to her. Okay. So after I said it to her, she goes, wow, you really are. And I said... Never underestimate somebody's ability 
to find things out when they're a medium or a psychic or a spiritual worker, I should say. For sure. The gift is not to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, my God, I can go read your mind and, like, know your next move and, like, right. the size of, like, the sandwich you ate for lunch. But it's more to say, listen, like, if you need advice, I can, I can help guide you. I can see, I can see things very clear. I can feel out a room. I can not predict the future, but I can definitely feel something before it's going to happen. Listen, I can feel a bad thing before it's about to go down. Yeah, it saved me a lot of times, even in my career. I can sense a bad problem before it's about to happen. Right, and then if you don't act, if I don't act on that, then I end up going through the consequence of not acting on that. Yeah. Right. So, example, um, you know, when I had somebody, you know, I can't remember who it was, but they were telling me something, and I just said, listen, you know, I wouldn't do it that way. I don't really necessarily agree. I don't get a good feeling. Oh, don't worry about it. I'll be fine, you know. And I said, okay. I can't remember what it was. It wasn't anything, you know, crazy what happened to, to him. But it was one of those things where I was like, I tried to tell you. You know, it's not going to end well. You know, I feel it. Something in my stomach's telling me. And mind, like every meeting is going to have an indication of if they're feeling and their gut feeling, we call it a gut feeling. Right. Is right. So with me, I get goosebumps. Right. So the hairs on my arm go up like nice and like, you know, they're, you know, they're pointy, the hairs. Right. right? Yeah. For example, when they go because they get the goosebumps. Right. That's my indication of your message is right. Okay. So what you're feeling, that's like the second the second uh, part to say you're a hundred percent right. Right. Because you could feel something, and then the the goosebumps is the, the second indicator. Right. And then usually I'm right, and not to be you know cocky, but you know. Well, it is what it is. It is what it is, right? right. Like right. You know, and I'm not going to sit here and you know start reading everybody and their mother if they ask me a question. Yeah. Right. But I'm going to definitely help my loved ones and the people I care about. And if I can help guide people in the right way or if they have any questions for me, I can definitely, you know, I'll definitely be okay to answer them. Or I definitely would like to answer them. I hope I can answer them. Right. You know what I mean? But it is draining. It is tiring when you are in that kind of mindset and you are in that kind of zone. And I mean, I could talk for hours about this. It's just, it's wild when like... You kind of even know when somebody's lying. When somebody's lying to you, yeah. I could tell when somebody's going to screw me over. I can tell when something smells fishy. Right. I can tell when someone's not being. They're not telling me the truth. I can tap into like people's uh, ways of thinking too. Like, oh, I wonder how they think about this. And I can tap in in a way where I can just feel them out. And I already kind of know they're what they're going to do, and they end up doing it. So right. that's kind of always helped me, even with like you know going through like bad friendships and bad relationships. Knowing kind of like, hey, this isn't for me. I can feel this out. You know, their intention's not there. You just, it's not like, oh, like, but oh, I can feel that way. Right. Know, I know how that feels. It's it's deeper than that. It's right. It's such a gray area because it, not to say that I'm 10 steps ahead, but I definitely am ahead when it comes to knowing what's going to happen the next right. step. I can right. already tell it. For and sure. Goody is a witness to that statement. Yeah. He has seen, seen it, it enough times. Firsthand. Yeah. Many times I've been questioned. I've been called out at a party. Sure. And I put somebody even, in their place. Even just stuff that we'll, we'll be driving around back in the days of Barbara yeah. or, or his first car. And we'll be driving around <laughs> doing random shit when you're kids, you know, you're young and you're dumb. <clears throat> and his face will go 
you know, from chilling, music playing, I just straight face and like, we got to get out of here right now. Like something's about to go down. And then as, as we're driving away, gunshots or accident, the cops pull up or a fire breaks out, you know, whatever it was, no. like it's really, so, I mean, I won't say before I met Phil and I was young when I met him, I was 14, but before I met him, I'd heard about medians. Um, Long Island Medium was yeah, on yeah, the yeah, uh, TV at the time, so I had known right. about it. Right. But I was like, I don't know how I feel about it. I wasn't sure. I was on the fence. And I met Phil, and we got close, and he goes, you know, hey, I'm a medium. You know, This is how this works, whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, I was open-minded to it, and that's when the experiences started happening in front of me. And I'm right. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know? And it, <clears throat> it's been too many now for there to be any doubt. I, but, yeah, sorry, you, you know what? I, I personally believe that everybody has, to an extent, like an ability to like those gut feelings mm-hmm. that you have or everybody I, I believe has that mm-hmm. but then there's people like you that have the ability and you're just on another level with it right yeah. but i believe everybody yeah. you know on on this earth has that ability to an extent yeah, some people sure. right it's it's just not well, he's like a, as he's like a, enlightened he's like a jedi so they, <laughs> his mom is one and she's developed right. it right right so when you see it in Phil now at a right. young age. You you develop it, right? If you don't develop it, and I've heard, well, you lose it. What what are the, what are some things that are, you know, in the stages of development? Like what would you well, say? You go to certain meetings that help enhance it. You do more like you do a lot of self awareness, a self aware uh, work on yourself. You, you know, you 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 just you're very open to it. You have to embrace it. And if you know that, like, you have to pretty much, how it is, is everyone's going to have, everyone has gut feelings. Right. It's whether you listen to them or ignore them. Okay. So for me, every time I get a gut feeling, I listen to it. So my, 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 the, the, actually the strength (laughs) of the gift gets stronger because I'm acknowledging it. Mm. If I keep ignoring the gut feelings, the gift's not going to get stronger because that's how I feel. So for a psychic aspect, I can see a spirit. Right. I can't talk to it. Okay. My mom can write on okay. paper what they're saying. Okay. I can't write it, but I can see it. So there's no verbal right. communication there's or anything no like that? Just the visual just and that's it's it. It's just okay. more physical and like, right. you know, seeing it. Right. But I can definitely understand how it, what it's trying, like how it feels. The energy that it's portraying to you. Yes. You can read that. Yes. Whether and it's positive or negative. I also... I, I also am very good with like intuition feelings. Like I can like right, right away. If let's say we're going to a restaurant and I'm like, okay, I'll tell you a prime example. I went to a local uh, restaurant bar with my family to watch one of our family friends play in a, he's part of a band. Sure. And we're, no, we're having a great night. It was also uh, their, their daughter's birthday. Okay. We were there. He's jamming out on the drums with, he's part of the band. Like I said, and we're there having some apps, having some drinks, having a good time, you know, you know, enjoying ourselves. And these two, you know, I would say, I don't really know how to say it, but I would say two sketch balls okay. would, walked in. And you could tell like a sketchy person when you see them. Yeah, right? for sure. So my guard went up and I'm very observant as the fiance knows. I always keep my guard up when I'm in public. Right. And that's part of being aware and self-aware and intuitive. Yeah. You know, you know, always got your eyes looking everywhere, right? You're not going to sit there and be naive to the fact of something can happen at anywhere at any point. Right, right. So they walk in, 
And I have my eyes locked on these two guys. And they look around and they walk out. My first thought process was, you walked in, you didn't grab a table, you didn't buy a drink, you stayed for another five, ten minutes walking around the place, right. and then you left. Yeah, scoping it out. It's, it's weird. Yeah, right, it is. for sure. I go, I'm going to go outside for a smoke. I walk outside and no one's, no one's in the front, in the parking lot. But there's a lot of you know a lot of cars, whatever. Yeah. So I happened to notice one of them. So I brought the Range Rover that night to this to the place. So I parked it on the side of the building, thinking that. And, and obviously, as everybody probably knows, the car theft is very high right yeah, now. Yeah, it is very. High. So Range Rover is one of the top stolen vehicles. Right. right. So obviously, you know, taking that down there, you got to be extra cautious. You know what I mean? Looking around. And one of the guys was standing at the corner, and he was about a couple cars away from mine. And I was looking at him smoking, and I thought to my, I thought, I thought to myself, why is he at the corner looking, right? And what is he looking out for? Mm. So. I thought to myself, I said, okay, you know what? I better I better go scope this out because now I'm like, hold on. I have my truck over there. He's near my truck. Now, my other radar goes off. And my intuition kicks in and says, where's the other guy? Mm, yeah. Okay. There was two. Now I see one. So as I walk up to this guy, I go around him. And listen, I'm a big guy. If you know me, I'm a big guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this guy's trying to pry my hood open. Right. Oh wow. They're trying to steal my Range Rover. Right. Yeah, hi, so I'm you? like <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know, what the fuck are you doing? And he's looking at me like I got five heads and I go, What are you trying to steal my truck? And I you know, I lost my mind. Yeah. And I said, You got a couple seconds to get out of here, I'm gonna start throwing hands. Like get like or yeah. I'm gonna call the cops. Either one. I'm gonna knock both of you guys the fuck out. Yeah, or I'm gonna call the cops. Yeah. The cops are gonna come either way because <laughs> both of you guys are gonna lay, you know. And listen, you can say two against one. Yeah. These two guys, I'd have them for breakfast. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It, they want to be and not because oh, I'm gonna sit here and be cocky. Being a big guy, now you're touching my pride possession. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I'm gonna get pissed. It's mental. Yeah. It's you're mental. done. Yeah. There's two because you two are like these two guys are clowns. Right? Like, why right. would you do something like that? It's, it's a great night. There's, there's no need for this activity. You know, what are you doing in a parking lot just trying to steal cars? Like, go get a real job or something. You know what I mean? So right. I got mad because I'm like, you, you, I saw you come in the bar. Yeah. I saw yeah, you that's guys. a weird move. And then you're, now you're stealing? Like, and it's funny because I got so mad they ran off and, they, and there was a getaway car. So the whole getaway cars that you see on TikTok, that's a real thing. The getaway car pulled up, they jumped in, they were gone. Yeah. I went up to my car and my plate, they were trying to rip it off the car. Because when they rip off the plates, then they can steal them. Because then you right. know, when the cops, the cops are looking, can't run it. Can't yeah. run a plate, yeah. right? So I go to I go home, I bring it in the underground, and I see that they didn't damage or bend or and they didn't damage the vehicle by any means, but if I wasn't there, who knows what they would have done. Yeah. But I had the handprints on my hood. Nice. So I go, beautiful. Took a couple photos of those. I, I brought it to my buddy to detail the next day. And I, you know, I told the, I told the, the, the fiance, I said, listen, we got to get home. 
you know, my car almost got stolen. So I brought it up to the front. I left it there where the camera was. And the security guy was roaming around the, the parking lot. And I said, listen, I don't want to bother you or anything, but can you just take a little bit more precaution around the cars around here? My vehicle almost over there almost got stolen. He took the information I gave down. Right. He was scoping out the parking lot. And <clears throat> it sucks because, you know, you, you can't have anything nice. And you're going out for a, a nice night out and your car almost gets stolen. Like, it's a piss off, right? Yeah, for sure. And it can get you very angry because, well, who wants that to happen to them? You know what I mean? But back to the intuitive, that's where that's where a perk of being intuitive, having intuition is, is feeling that these two guys are not good people. Yeah. I look, look, think of that for a second. I sat there, and they they look like regular guys. They you know they have their jerseys on, whatever. I for some sport team, they look like you know two guys going to grab a beer. Yeah, but. I got the that the but the intuition kicked in. Yeah, they're not two guys going to get a beer. No, they got. They're two guys going to steal a car. So, if I didn't get up for that smoke, if I didn't get up and get out there in time, my night could have been very different. Yeah, for real. I could have been in a real big pickle. Right. So being intuitive has its perks because it saves you from a lot of problems that are about to happen. Like I said previously. These are little situations that have happened to me where being intuitive and being psychic and, and being a median has helped me and, and benefited me. But when it, where it doesn't help and benefit, because we're going to get to that, is the you know certain readings you get when you're talking to somebody and they ask certain questions. They, they ask you to find out certain things and you end up digging deep into them and then you find out things that you kind of wish you never found out because mm. it's sad and it's hurt. Like, it sucks. Right. There's things I've, I've, you know, uh, said to people because they have asked me to do a reading on them. And when I've said it to them, it's like I kind of reopened up a wound. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. But, like, you also asked me to dig deep. Yeah. So how deep do you want me to dig? Well, here? you can't know. Like, you can't know I don't know yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know your threshold. Yeah. I don't know how deep you want to get. Yeah. But whatever comes, it's going to come. So I have a question then. In the realm of... You talk about self-development and like self-awareness is a big deal for like medians and developing it. Do you ever have a hard time differentiating yourself from a message you're receiving? So, some, some, sometimes, sometimes I do. Sometimes I, I, I do. Sometimes I wonder if it's a message or if it's a reading. Uh, messages are usually what, what's going to be coming on the incoming so I was like, oh, I get that. I feel this message. Or I feel like I got to talk to this person. Or I get an urge to say, let me pick up the phone and call that person. Yeah, or call yeah. this person. Because someone's telling me to call them. And 99.9% when I'm calling them, they're in a crisis. They need something. Mm. They're, they're, you know, they're having a bad day. Something happened that drove me to call them. And I'm a firm believer in that. I'm, I, and that's a message. All right. Um, the... The other one was what? What did you say? The reading, but I'm the reading. Yeah. was when you're asking me to read you. Right, it's me now reading your past. Right, and finding things out that let's say you think I don't know. But is there a clear line like in your own head? Yeah, hundred percent between what yeah. you're receiving yeah. and your own thoughts. Yeah, so you're never mixing them up. No, because you can. You, you, well, you kind of have to. You have to build that line because. It's obviously there's common sense right. to some some readings. It's you know you can start with things like general things you know about somebody, right. and then as you start with the general, 
the the messages start to kick in, and then I could say like, you know, Alex, you know, you stubbed your toe when you were five years old. You know, did your nail fall off? Right. And he could go, well, how did you know my nail fell off when I was five? And I, you know, it could trip him right out. Right. But Alex never told me that. Right. So then Alex would say, well, who told you that? If I never told you that, well, that's the beauty of it. <laughs> that's the magic. Right. That's <laughs> the magic of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much. You could always, you could even say being like the middleman mm-hmm. to it, mm-hmm. right? A uh, so, uh, spiritual worker is somebody that works with spirits and the good ones, obviously, and, you know, is able to cipher through through the messages and to help, you know, help people along and just kind of help people in any way they can, right? Would you, would you ever be willing, not today, because it's the end of the day, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. But would you be willing to come back on the show and maybe do a reading for somebody? You know what's what? You know what's funny? I definitely probably would want to try that out because I think that'd be kind of awesome. It'd be interesting. But remember, it's Pandora's box. Yeah. Well, so you, know, you don't know what you're gonna get. You don't know what you're gonna get. Yeah, for sure. You don't know what the person's reaction is gonna be. Absolutely. So as much as it'd be great to make a show on that the the person would have to be so okay with the fact of there's no limits yeah to what's going to come out of my mouth not saying i'm going to say anything hurtful because i'm not like that and you guys know that but i can't control the messages that are coming so obviously like our shows are pre-recorded and then we'll put them out posted so like if if something comes up and you're like okay no way then we don't put the show up. But I, I'm just curious to know if you would be interested in trying that experiment. I would. I mean, I haven't done a reading in so long, so I probably have to brush up on, on some of that. Okay. Yeah. It's been a while, but I would definitely be open to it. I would definitely like, you know, to to think of it for sure. For sure. That would be like, something cool. I definitely would love to come back on the show. I well, mean, but now we're for sure going to yeah. have to get you back on. Yeah, yeah no, that's definitely something we would... Uh... <clears throat> but this that is a we, topic we try for next next time as well. Yeah, this is this is a topic that we could very much expand on. I think like there, yeah. a lot of people are interested to learn about this stuff. A lot of people don't know about this. Like stuff, say, so. say example. If I'm, you know, I'll give you an example. It can, sometimes a reading's not even about so much about their past as much anymore. I'm kind of getting into like how they're feeling, right? And I can kind of like tap into like what they're going through. Right. Currently, so, so currently, yeah. Okay. So without them telling me, okay, that'd be kind of cool to do on the show. Yeah, that's that's because probably yeah. Their people's past. Only I say this. Sometimes their past could be a little bit private, for sure. In a way where they kind of don't want it to be on public air. Yeah. And with all due respect to the individual, because right. it is a lot to kind of like you know endure and to hear coming out of someone else's mouth yep. that doesn't know you to the point that they should know that stuff about you. Right. So I may open up another can of worms. Now, I could look at, let's say, Alex or you and start feeling how you're feeling and start, you know, shooting shooting it all out where yeah. Alex could be like, whoa, how'd you know I was feeling like that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then he goes to bed and he's like, oh my God, this guy, you know, told me exactly how I'm feeling. Yeah. Like, how did he do that? Yeah. What else does he know? And how does he know that? See, it's a, it's so fascinating how you can, you know, think you know somebody, but when you do these kind of messages and readings, you get to really know them. Yeah. And take them for by sure, surprise. For sure. For sure. 
Absolutely. Alex, no. any other questions you got? You no, you know, I was I, I was wondering just for people that are maybe more skeptical and people that question it more, yeah, like I for sure. I, I I could see some like like to what you just said, I can see someone saying, Well, maybe not that you pl- like you'd plant ideas or emotions that someone else is feeling in their head, but people can look at it like from another psychological stance. For sure. Right? They could Where, yeah, they could think that oh you're just planning this and planning that. <clears throat> But right. the, the difference is, is when you're looking at somebody long enough, when you're right. tapping in, you're going to feel what they're feeling. Right. And when you say it, their reaction, their first reaction will give you the satisfaction that you're onto something. Right. Because if I'm planting a thought in your head, you'd say, oh, you're just saying that because like everyone feels that way. Right. But you say, oh my God, how did you know that? Well, then that's not planting something in your head. That's something that I clearly, you know, I hit a nerve or I hit the nail on the head, and now you're reacting to that, saying, yeah. how did right. you know that? Right. Right? Right, yeah. What is it, like 80% of communication is, is physical, nonverbal? 100%. Yeah. You, can, you can get, like, for a sure. lot of information a lot. right for away. Sure. And, and, and that's the perk of it. There's people that obviously do not believe in it. For sure. And and that's just nothing wrong with that. Like, Absolutely. listen, the, the, perk of, the perk of this is you got to be able to just, you know, you got to be able, I'm trying to find a way to word this. You got to be okay if they don't believe in it. You have to be okay with people's opinion on anything in of, life. Yeah, of course. Because sure. life, they yeah. may not agree with it. Yeah. They may think it's a bunch of baloney. Right. But as long as the person that's receiving the reading and the person that is asking for the reading believes in it or somewhat believes in it, it'll work. Right. If you're closed off, well, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a magician. I'm not going right. to end up breaking, you know, you know, your code of conduct in your in your body, in your mind, and how you feel. Because yeah. you're already blocked off. Yeah. Now I gotta chip away that in order to tap in. Well, it's not really Yeah, are you getting paid for that? Like that's a lot of you work. Know, <laughs> and that's not really fair because why should I put in all that work or effort into someone that let's say doesn't believe in it? Not saying I wouldn't do it, but if they don't believe in it and they don't want it, then they shouldn't be forced to hear it or yeah. feel it or experience it for sure because they don't want to feel it because they don't believe it. That's been my experience with this whole thing is that you get out of it what you bring into it. hundred and ten percent. Right. right. But that's like what I said in the beginning of the show. It's a full circle, gentlemen. Yeah. What you put in is what you get out. <clears throat> right. In your career, in your in in an ability to help people. Yeah. In in being a median. Right. In anything you do in life, what you put in is what you put out. In, in terms of that, so I like to think of myself as, as you know, um, as you know, as, as a religious and somewhat spiritual person, right? Um, and I think a lot, you know, the psychological effect that something like, um, let me get her. Yeah. So Alice is going to come back with his thought, but I, I mean, on this show, this is sort of what we do. Like, this is our thing is to kind of start talking about the things that maybe people are talking about, maybe not widespread. Um, and yeah, like there's going to be people that don't agree. We see it all the time. We see it in our comments. We see the people like directly giving us feedback. There's things that, you know, people are like, mm, I wasn't okay with that or whatever. And you know, like, you're reminded to tell people, you know, hey, like this show is, is about being open for everybody to come on. And at the same time, for you to be able to listen to such differing views on different things that you might expand your mind a little bit. If one person 
expands their mind a little bit because of this show, then then I think we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Hundred ten percent. And you know, kind of to talk about, to kind of wrap it up when it comes to being a median is, I'm not going to sit here and tell anyone on this show that either listens to it to believe in it or not to believe in it. Mm-hmm. You are allowed <coughs> to believe in what you believe in. Right. There's, it's all point of preference, and, and 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 whatever your belief system is is what you believe in. This is who I am, and yeah. I own it, and I am who I am. You don't have to believe it, and I don't. I'm not asking you to believe it, right? Because to be quite frank, I don't care if you believe in it. Yeah. Right. It doesn't benefit me if you believe in it or not. Yeah, you don't have a business it's, out of this. I don't right? have it's, a business out of it. Yeah. I'm not making a dollar out of it. You have this. no benefit. You know what I mean? Yeah. If my, if the money's not coming in my way, it's not affecting me. Right. If that's taking stuff off of my my table, if that's taking food off my table, if that's taking things out of my life then it's gonna affect me right right but somebody believing in it or not believing in it does not bother me phase me one bit and i'll definitely won't lose sleep over it right and that's just the raw honest truth because being a median people are obviously always going to be skeptical because they're going to just say like well how how do how do you do that how is that true how is this well it's like anything do you believe in god you believe in every religion has their own beliefs right yeah. but it's up to us to respect other people's religion mm. and it's no different than being a median i'm not asking you to believe in me but i'm asking you to respect the medium right yeah. respect the work the craftsmanship behind that art. for sure and what it does for people it helps a lot of people yeah. my mom has helped me in ways that no one will ever understand Right. Just in ways of being a psychic has actually, she, funny enough, predicted my future wife two wow. years before my wife, my future wife walked into my life. Yeah. I kind of remember so, talking to you about How so? That. Like, well, like, how did that, she how did she approach you? She described her. She described, described her with the woman. Yeah. Perfectly. Yeah. Okay. And when she walked through the front door, my mom said, she's here. Wow. Cool. So how in two years before I met her, did my mom know she was coming? Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. For yeah, sure. I remember for sure. you, you called me and talked to me about that. Because I said to my mom, I go, Mom, yeah. you know, how, how can you how can you tell? She goes, Trust me, you're gonna meet somebody and she's gonna be the one. And you know, we were yeah. sitting at Tim Hortons parking lot, and Phil goes, You know what she looks like? And I'm like, lay it on me, man. Green eyes, dark hair. That's what my mom said. I'm like, all right. We're sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. A girl would come, we're like, nope, that's not her. Another one, nope, that's not her. And then sure enough. I was gonna say green eyes. That's a pretty rare (laughs) to find someone with green eyes too. Green eyes, dark hair, bro. Yeah, it's a rare combo. For the people saying that, oh, it's a very generic thing that she might have said. I mean, green eyes is a pretty fucking rare eye color. (laughs) Green eyes, dark hair, and and and, uh, you know a really and a really beautiful smile. Right. Okay, that could be generic, beautiful smile. But all three things check off. Right. Plus, she had a vision. Of me sitting on the couch and her beside me and her putting her head on my shoulder. And at the time, we were on the couch one night. She did put her head on my shoulder exactly how my mom envisioned it. And that's when it cued in. So you envisioned it. You saw it. Now you're physically seeing it happen in front of your eyes. Right. I mean, not not to open up a a big can of worms towards the end of the show here. But I, I wonder if like... It makes me wonder about like destiny and stuff, you know, like oh, yeah. being a medium. Is are, are they able to tap into like 
the the script of life, if you will. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't really know from from my experience. I can't really touch up on that because I don't know. But what I do know for certainty is mediums are meant to help you as an individual grow mm-hmm. and to find inner peace with certain things that you may not have peace with. Yeah. Or to find out certain things that you're not able to find out through a loved one that's no longer here. That is the biggest point of a median and a psychic because that's the reason people go to psychics, to read their future. So when I went to one of, one of my medians and one of my psychics, they said that I'm going to be a very, very, very successful businessman and that I am not to be in a trade. I will not, like I, I'm not to be a carpenter. Right. And when she told me that, I was like, my whole life I wanted to be a carpenter. That's great. I'll be a successful businessman, you know, and money and money will be, you know, won't be a problem. Hmm. But you but the the trade that she described I would be in was not the trade that I like she the, the trade that she described was at the time not the trade I was in. Right, it's probably more so, of like an entrepreneur style. And it was funny cuz she described a big wrench and at work, we use a big wrench to tighten our machines down. Okay. So how wild is that? She predicted yeah. the wrench before I even saw the wrench. Mm. Right. Right. And, I mean, being a young executive, like, look, you know, look where life took me. Yeah, for sure. Right? Like, it, it, listen, everyone's going to have their beliefs. Everyone's going to think what they want to think. And there's nothing wrong with that. And really, you got to own how you feel. But life is what you make it, and right. life is what you believe in. And For if sure. you believe in the bigger power, if you believe in certain things, things will happen. Right. Yeah. You have to believe yeah. Yeah. in in yourself. You have to believe in in what makes you happy. Right. What drives you. And that's just that's just what it is. What related to that? I was going to say before. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of negativity out there that can, you know, make people you know, very skeptical just to, in terms of everything in life yeah. and a little bit pessimistic as well. Oh, yeah. Right. And what I, my thought before was, you know, in terms of like the planting seeds, like when people watch things like horror movies mm. in terms of now the spiritual world and everything. And now the fear that's now yeah. being put into people's fucking minds, their hearts on a daily basis. Some people like a movie can really fucking freak you out. There, yeah. I guarantee everyone can name one movie that still touches them a little bit, you could say. Oh, yeah. Out of, you know what I mean? Like one scene, one movie, whatever you want to call it, that still just, fuck, you remember and still gives you that irky little feeling. You know what you know? movie that is for me? It's not even a horror movie. The movie that is for me, I watched it, I was way too young to watch it when I watched it. The Truman Show with Jim Carrey. Okay. Do you know that one? No. The I one don't. where his like life is, since he was born, it's like a TV show and everybody's acting around him and he's like, walking around on this big set or whatever. I watched that when I was a kid, and to this day, sometimes, I'll, like, wipe the steam off the mirror, and I'm like, there's a camera behind there. I'm on TV. I must be. Like, this has to be a show. That like, feeling of, like, some like someone's kind of... Watching. Like, you're, like, Big life brother. is being perspective. Yeah. 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 Like, huh. it's... It's freaky deaky, dude. That movie fucked me up. I was way too young to watch when I watched I must have been, like, four or five when I watched that. Uh, also... Animals are very intuitive. One hundred percent, for sure. Yeah, dogs, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, right now she, what it is is, she can hear better than us. There's a dog across the hall. Yeah, yeah. That barks randomly, so 
I I think I think she's extremely defensive. Yeah. And probably like he said, <laughs> intuitive as well. Yeah. Who talking shit? And she's detecting. <laughs> she there, there's there's something. there's there's. It's a negative. I don't want to get into it across that across this hall. <laughs> there's yeah. something fucking. I don't know. Clearly. Not yeah. It's Clearly. it's the dog. Because and I've then, watched during you know not to get off topic on on our, on the show, but <laughs> she's definitely ahead of all of us here because she keeps looking down that hallway. And yeah. she definitely feels there's something down probably across the hallway you were saying that's not very friendly. Whether it's the people there or the, the dog. dog. Yeah. Yeah. She's sensing something because animals are wild. When animals are calm, they're usually they're like little, little dogs. They're usually tucked up against you. Right. They're calm. They show you all this affection. Like when they get barky or, or yappy, right. they're trying to tell you something. Right. And always look at the way your animal, let's say, what direction they're looking at. That's a perfect lesson for you guys. If your animal's looking in one direction and steady looking in that direction, there's something clearly in that direction that's not making them yeah, happy. Absolutely. That shit so freaks me out. They're, my they're, they're telling you something. Yeah. Like down there, you don't know where it is. It could be across the building, let's say. Something there I don't like. Yeah, for sure. I'm just telling you so you know. For that sure. Something, and that's why they bark. Right. Because, look, she's, right now she's laying on the floor. She's calm. Yeah. Because we're right, but the moment she feels it, she'll get back up again. Yeah. See? And she'll get antsy. Yeah. She's not settled right now. Yeah, there's times where she's just going on. She's settled and she's great. And like we've had so many shows here, and then there's times where yeah, you can see she gets antsy. And then she always just runs towards the hall, runs towards the front door. Right? It's usually it's nothing in here. She's either like she'll sit here and she'll look across and she'll start Barking. barking and growling at that building yeah. and i know she can't see she could probably see movement i'm assuming she's barking at the movement right yeah. and then even across too it's the noises it's she's probably picking up yeah the noises the energy like you said it's you know 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. because she wasn't like this at my old because we we came from a house she was never like that yeah she was only looking out the back door if she saw an animal she'd bark, yeah but right? also it's like a, it's like a human right new environment Right, people gotta settle in. Mm. Right, it's no different. It's true. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So a dog is no different. Actually, for us, we adapt better than a dog, because for the dog, like we get to still go out, live our routine. Yeah. The dog and the cat, whatever animal you have, this is their routine. Yeah. So now you're taking them out of their world, which that's your house or home, whatever, right. whatever you have. You know, right. Like you have a second or a house, whatever. You put them in another place to live. Now, that's a whole new world for them to explore. For sure. They have to have time to settle in. Yeah. Right. But, you know, they're very, very ahead, you know, internally than we than we than we think they are. I don't know if it's For that sure. they're ahead more than they're just way more they're way more capable of being present. Well like fully they, engulfing well, themselves. Well, in well, where they hold are. on, hold on. They're ahead because they sense bad smell. On, they sense a bad energy. Yeah. They sense. I have a, I, I, a neighbor at my mom's house. Well, not so much a neighbor, but a person that lives uh, um, the next street over. And he has a German Shepherd. And he told me that his neighbor just got out of prison. And the dog never met the neighbor, never saw the neighbor, never had any relation or anything yeah. with. But the moment the neighbor walked out of his backyard, the dog jumped on the fence and was barking. Mm. Mm. But he goes, it wasn't like my dog to do that. 
And German Shepherds, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, are one of or the one or the most smartest dog out there. One of for them, sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, one the police use them. Right. They're, they're, come on, they're canine dogs. They're cop sure. trained. Yeah. Clearly, the dog was sensing that my owner's in danger. There's somebody here that doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. And it started to bark and want to rip down the fence. Now, would it, if any of us were out there barbecuing, it probably wouldn't have said anything. But animals feel energy. Yeah, they do. It's no different than humans. Humans yeah. can feel energy. It's what we do with the energy. Yeah, we ignore it a that, lot of times. That, that helps. We yeah. ignore it. We don't, we don't look into it. Yeah, we right. don't think about it. We just say, oh, whatever. You know, it's probably, I'm overthinking it. No. Yeah. It's no different when you're in a toxic relationship. I know she's screwing around on me. I know he is screwing around on me. Yeah. Right? I'm going to ignore the feeling. I'm not going to pay attention to it. Oh, it's probably me overthinking. You know, I'm getting in my head. You know, getting self-conscious. Whatever it is. But little do you know, when it all reveals itself, because one day it does, you're going to say, oh, I should listen to my gut. I should listen to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's right. too late. Right. But, right. But is there a line? Because some people are, there, there are is. very in their own heads. There is. And they can you, fabricate those You know feelings. what the line is? If you, if, if, it, like, listen, you're going to have these, let's see, every, everyone, and I don't care who they are, they can say they don't, they're just lying, can have crazy thoughts like that. Yeah. Oh, is this person doing that to me? Is this per- that person talking shit about me? Whatever, you know, always getting in like everyone's out to get them, right? But if the thought keeps happening, if you're around that person, if you're, if you feel down, if your energy is low, if you feel not motivated around them, then, that's a good indication that yeah. something's wrong. Yeah. Listen, show me your friends. I'll show you who you are. Yeah, that's a common right. saying. Right. Saying that's been around for generations. Right. If you're with a team that wants to win, if you're with friends that want to win and succeed, you will succeed. Yeah. If you're right. with friends that they, they don't want to succeed, then you will not succeed. But see, that, that, that's the difference. That's the, that's the truth. Right. Your friends are a perfect identification of who you are. And what you will become. Because you're sharing the same value system with them. You're sharing the same thought process in a way of, and I mean by saying that is, if you have the same values, the same core values, the same way of thinking, you think the same, you operate the same, you grind the same, you're going to succeed the same. Right. If you're both talking two different languages, if you're if you're working a nine to five, I'm working a five till 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 nine, let's say whatever, like it we're on two different time schedules here. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. But if you have friends that are speaking the same language, friends that respect you and respect what you do and respect the hustle, you'll get far in life. For There's sure. levels to this stuff. For sure. And that's that's kind of, you know, all I really can say. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that's why you know, being intuitive or not intuitive. And it really doesn't matter if you are or you're not. It does not, even if you are, does it make you better than somebody right. else who's not? Yeah. Right. It, it does, does not make you better to have a gift that someone else does not have. Right. It's you're supposed to use the gift for only good mm. and to help. You're not supposed to use it to cause harm or to or cause manipulate bad people or manipulate people yeah. into stuff that, you know, into stuff or manipulate by your words to them. That's not the way to be. Right. Generally. Right. It doesn't matter if you're, again, a median or you're not or a spiritual worker. It doesn't matter. 
The point of it is, is you got to be a good person no matter what. Mm. Put your best foot forward. Be the best you can be. Be be a person of your word. When you say it, you're going to do it. And always pay attention when you're in a room with somebody how you feel. Right. You boys are having a podcast. You have a lot of people coming on this show. Right. You have your good energies. You're gonna have your bad energies. You're gonna have your mm, I don't know about this energy. Right. That's how you're gonna know. Right. Yeah. If for example, it's been a bit of a struggle getting me on this show, but you and the team wanted to get me on. You wanted to hear my story about how I became successful. You wanted to hear about me as a median. You wanted to hear my how I became successful in my relationship. Right. That that's what you wanted. You 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 push for that. You even though we had to you know change a couple of dates, move some things around, you were really eager to have me as part of this journey with you guys. Right. There's going to be energies that come in here where you're like, oh my god, I can't. I don't think I'll be able to get through this show with this person. So we, we've already we talk about it too, and we've it's had true, that. and it's okay. Like it's that. okay yeah. because that's normal. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. Yeah, one hundred percent. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. You're not supposed to vibe with everybody, and if you do, there's a problem. There is a problem. You can respect everybody, right? You can be nice to everybody, but you're not gonna vibe with everybody. One hundred percent, for sure. Yeah. For no, sure. we've learned. We've learned a lot. I mean, this is this is episode sixteen. I mean, we've had Ooh. quite a there few people okay. come and so, go on this show, yeah. and yeah. we have plans to bring a bunch more. Right. So, you know, we're learning every episode. We're learning how to how to conduct ourselves with different types of personalities. We're learning how to pull information out of people mm -hmm. that might be more hesitant, different types of personalities again. I mean, we talk about it too. We reflect on it all the time. So, yeah. but I mean, I think it's a good, it's a good point to wrap it up for today. I mean, we covered a lot. And it's been a great show, man. It has yeah, no, been. It's awesome. Amazing. You, you've spewed a lot of wisdom. I think you've given a, a lot of people a lot of things to think about. You always give so. me things to think about. Thank I hope so. Much. And I, for I sure, Ali Al too, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no. So what we was, appreciate having. What, what was your take on it? Was good. <laughs> yeah, no. Show. Listen, it's it, it um, <clears throat> the awareness around you know the subjects that we talked about too, and it made me realize also some things. Um, and just you know, it helps me reflect as a person as well. Yeah. Right, which is what you'd hope for people that are listening. Hopefully, 100%. they can take something out of it yeah. that helps them improve as a person or help yeah. identify an issue or something going on with them. Right. I mean, in terms of you know, you didn't come on here trying to convince anybody your story or what you believe in or what you do. It, it is what it is. You're sharing your story with us and, you know, we respect you for that and, yeah, we're grateful you know, we you. appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, just to, to kind of wrap things up, everything I spoke of tonight was all th through experience, through my story to tell and I hope that it can help, you know, people that are listening to this. I hope it can help motivate people that are, going through a hard time right now in their careers and trying to find where their their place is in life and know that, you know, even a, a person like me has gone through the trenches, has gone through the struggles, has made it out, out on the other side of it better, stronger, and wiser. And right. there is a way out if you want it. Right. And I hope that anyone that's also listening to this can take that and work with that and really hear my message and what I was trying to say. Yeah. And I'm not trying to sell it. Exactly. But I'm trying to say, listen, we've all been there. You know, it's okay. Right. You'll get out. Right. You just, it it's all comes down to you. Yeah. The if mindset. You want and everything. it, you'll get it. Right. And that's it. Right. You know, 
Right on, Phil. Thank you, sir. Thank you, gentlemen. Again, thank eh? you very we're much. We're going to bring you back on you. for that uh, experiment. 100%. We got to try that. That's yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Work, work on it. Wrap. Work on it. I'll try. Right. Get oh. get yourself get shake off the off. rust. You That's know? it. You know, start <laughs> getting the do some buff and polish out here. Eh? <laughs> right on. We right. Uh, we release our episodes every Monday. This has been think on that on the Everything and Anything podcast. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been a wrap. Till the next time. Thank you for being on. Thanks.